baby, welcome. I'm trying to connect to YouTube. Once I'm able to do that, we're going to start. Praise God, sorry. I have two devices and the second device keeps tripping up, but I'm just going to start now, open that so to be connected after a while. Okay, everybody, you're welcome. Um, thank you for, thank you for coming. Thank you for, thank you for honoring these invites. Thank you for the messages. Thank you for everything. You know, thank you for the prayers. Thank you for the calls. Thank you to the Parliament Women um, Movement Ministers, the admin. Thank you for the gifts. <laughs> Thank you for the calls. Thank you for everything. And um, I will tell you that sincerely, I don't feel like I've been on this journey for 10 years. No, I don't feel that way. I, I actually don't. And I don't know why. <laughs> it's not as if I don't want to feel it, but I just can't feel it. I don't know why I'm not, I'm not feeling old. You've never been 
improve. The only way it's not like I'm old, but I'm not feeling improved. I'm really just super grateful to God for this journey. And before we start, I wanted to just um, say a word of prayer. I wanted to say a word of prayer with me. I want us to just prepare our spirits tonight. I want us to prepare our spirits and um, just just um, speak to God that Lord God, whatever it is that um, you want to achieve with this meeting, you know, whatever it is you want to accomplish in me with this meeting, God, God do it. God do it. Can everybody hear me? Nina says she can't hear me. Please, if you can hear me, I need you to just post a comment that you can hear me. You can hear me, please. Just post a comment that you can hear me, please. Please, if you can hear me, please. Okay. So, Mina, you might need to log out and log in again. Um, the comfort, if you don't mute every other person, I've made it your post. Thank you. And you can start um, recording. Thank you. Let's just begin to prepare our heart for what God has in store for us tonight. I don't want us to trivialize this meeting. I don't want us to. So to make it casual, I don't want This is not um this is not a party. <laughs> this is not a social gathering. This is actually got God's mind for us in this season. So I don't want us to just casualize it. I don't want us to just come and listen to my story and listen to my journey and you know feel like oh okay uh, yeah she just wants to say something. I want you to actually come here with your with your questions in your heart. You're not coming to ask me the questions. You're coming to ask God and I want you to, to tell God that God as I listen to you to, to me tonight, I need you Lord God Jesus to 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 answer me, to give me my own um, ready-made answer, you know, to customize my own answer for me. Because um, if if I talk if I tell you about my process and I tell you about my journey it's the way the way you can't take it as a doctrine you can't just make it a doctrine you know it has to be that you have to wait on god to give you your own precise word they would distill that word for you and say oh okay for for me it happened this way but for you this is how it will go do you understand so i want to just begin to pray that god i would get a word i'll get a word in season i'll get an answer to this to this question that is on my heart i would get a direction i'll get a confirmation i'll get an instruction i'll be delivered lord jesus i'll hear what you're saying i will see what you're showing me you know i just want you to be very precise with god let's have an expectation you know we don't come to god without an expectation the bible says that those who come to god must believe that he exists 
and is a rewarder of those individuals seeking. So this meeting is a, um, it's a gathering of saints. We have come to Mount Zion. We have not come to meeting. We have come to Mount Zion. We have come to the city of the living God. We have come to meet God himself. God is, is present here. There is no barrier. There is no distance. Technology is not a distance. You know, there is no distance in the spirit. The spirit of the Lord God is everyday present here. So I want us to come with an open heart, with, with, a, with a contract heart, with a broken heart. With, don't come with um, expect. Don't come with, with um, already made up mind. Come with what I am here today to, to hear you, to hear what you have to say to me. Hallelujah. God, we give you all the praise in the name of Jesus. God, thank you for utterance. Thank you for utterance. Thank you for clarity. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for clarity. I yield myself to you. I yield my members to you. That you will speak through me. That you will speak through me. You will speak through me in the name of Jesus. I would, I would, I would, I would not say what you don't want me to say. You know, I will not say what you don't want me to say in the name of Jesus. And I also pray for your daughters that their hearts will be open in the name of Jesus. They will hear that which Lord God you're saying to them in the name of Jesus. There will be deliverance in this place tonight. There will be insight as I'm yielded to you, as I'm yielded to you, and I'm open to you, Lord God Jesus. I'm ready, Lord Jesus, without withholding nothing. I'm ready, Lord Jesus, to go all the way, to go all the way and do that which Lord God you want me to do. And they are also here ready for you, Lord God. Jesus' name. Father, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. 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 Please, can you type your amen, please? Let's type our amen. I want us to, I want us, I want you to give me ginger tonight, you know. So, as I'm speaking, I want you to just be gingering me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sisters. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. And, um, um, I would just say that you are next. You are next in line. You know, you are next in line for for a testimony, a marital testimony. Yes, you are next in line for a marital testimony. If 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 that is where you are, whether you are yet to be married, you are single, or you are married, and you are having a lot of questions back and forth and issues i want you to know that you are next in line for a marital testimony that's one and the second thing i want you to know is that is what god wants to achieve with this meeting i actually didn't want to do this so i'm in a state of life right now after our conference amen 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 thank you guys for the amen after the hearing flaming woman conference actually just you know got an instruction to shut down almost every expression almost everything i was doing the only thing god didn't tell me to shut down was the parent men. in fact i was ready to shut it down because god was just speaking precisely precisely to me yes um familiar yes you are next in line in jesus name amen yes you know so i was god was just talking to me about different things business activities religious you know religious you know just being busy doing different things and they're just telling me to to shut down different things yes chairman you're next in line in jesus name amen you know we're just sending me down so so when it was time for as the anniversary was getting closer uh, thanks to everybody in my life that knows my anniversary day i wish that people didn't remember i wasn't going to do anything and that's why the notice came out late because I was just like Holy Spirit. I, I don't want to just be casual about it. I don't want to follow the norm. I don't want to follow bandwagon. I've done bandwagon things for too long. And even till right now, I've not posted anything on social media because I'm just at that space of 
pureness of art, pureness of motive, you know, and God just kept telling me yesterday, I need you to do this, I need you to do this. So, and I had to ask him, why do you want me to do this? And one of the things he told me is that, he says he wants to use this meeting to lift burdens, to lift burdens, you know, that's, that is upon wives, that is upon women. He wants to use this meeting to lift up burdens from us so that every pressure, every areas that we have been pressured, every areas that we have sinful, bitter, you know, angry, disoriented, confused, we can get clarity. So he wants to use this meeting to lift bodies, to lift bodies. And I know, you know what I'm talking I'm sure this resonates with the married women here. There's, there's a body that comes within marriage. Whether you heard God say you should marry or you you just loved the guy and you really didn't get a confirmation. You know, there are different categories of marriages where you were just in love and you just got married. You're not sure whether God said it. You guys just like each other. Then you got into marriage and things are happening. You know, okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to project. I'm going to project. Thank you, Lola. I'm going to project. You know, so there are different reasons. There are different ways we enter into marriage. But the thing is that we're already married. But there are now bodies that come between marriage. So whether I had God expressly or um, before I got married or we just loved each other and we just got married, there are bodies that come with it. And God says tonight he's going to lift bodies. And I don't know what your bodies are, but I want you to just lay them at the feet of God tonight. Whether it is financial bodies, whether it is um, maybe your husband is out of the faith, or maybe you guys have been having so many issues, so many issues, and right now it is exploding in your face. You're not sure whether, you're not sure of the next phase. You're not sure of, okay, whether you guys are even going to survive you know, right now. Whatever it is, I want you to just know that whatever pressure you're feeling right now, the Lord God says that He's lifting the burdens off you. He's lifting the burdens off you. And I want you to just receive that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And um, yes, so I'm just going to go right into this. And um, the foundation I'm going to lay is that I am not, I am not perfect. I am perfect as I am following Christ. So, um, <laughs> whatever it is I'm going to say, make it a doctrine as you get a confirmation from the Holy Spirit. So don't say, oh, because when we said it, then it has now become a doctrine. Let there be a witness in your spirit. Let there be, let it, let it find a scripture, one or two scriptures to, to, to bear witness with it. So don't just use it as, oh, I'm going to take this and go on with it. That's one. And secondly, this journey is evolving. My marriage is evolving. It is growing. It's getting better and better. So don't use it as a yardstick. Don't use it as a yardstick. Yours could actually and will be better than that. Do you understand? Yours will be better than it will be sweeter than mine. You know, it will be sweeter for you to suit you, to suit your destiny. Do you understand? So just be open-minded. And I would say that this is the best time for us to be praying in tongues under our breath. You know, we are, we are not, we are not even in the discomity. So we can actually be praying in tongues as loud as we can. You know, just ensure that you are praying in tongues, you're communing with the Holy Spirit. You see, so one, one of the things that God has showed me. I'm just going to be giving you highlights, you know, highlights, and I will press into some of those highlights as the Holy Ghost gives me utterance. You see, so 
one of the things that God told me and explained to me is that we must, as wives, as wives, we must understand our ordination. See, some of the things I'm going to be sharing with you today, two years ago, I did not understand these things. Five years ago, I did not know these things. And when I was getting married, I, I believe that when I got married, I got married strictly by the Spirit of God. I think I should start with that. I got married strictly. You know how you hear an instruction and you know that you're supposed to be married, but you do not have any other form of experience or knowledge or counsel, as it were, from external forces. So it was just more like God was like, this is the time you guys have been, you know, we, we met in school, we, we both went to the University of Ibadan and we met in school and um, um, we, we were in a relationship for three and a half years before we got married. So at the time we were getting married, it was more like um, both of us were very young. I got married when I was seven and he was, he was already done seven then, you know, so we were quite young. Most of our friends were not married. So it was more like, why had they rushed? Like I remember that our wedding ceremony was aside from our guests, our parents' guests, our own friends, our friends were basically, you know, some of them, most of them were even from the university, they were still students in the University of Ecuador. Then our classmates also came, you know, who had already graduated. So we're really pretty young. And the first year, second year of my marriage, most of my friends were getting married like the first year into my marriage or the second year. So like my first year of marriage, I had just very few friends who were married. And I didn't really understand a lot of things, but I knew that. I had an ordination upon me to be married. Like there was a grace that God gave me at that season to be married. I was 25 and it was like, yeah, there was just a grace upon me to be married there. And it was just that grace that I was following. It wasn't like I, I knew the one to, or I knew 100 reasons why I should be married or 50 things that a wife should do. It was just the spirit of God. It was just like, okay, you guys are supposed to get married right now. And everything aligned. Like, my parents were not living in the country at that time. And that window to get married was like the best time for them to come. If they didn't come at that time, they probably wouldn't have been able to come after them. So it was just a perfect timing. It was a seamless ceremony. It was it was stressless. Like I didn't have all those bride stress issues. No, it was unconventional. It was not done in a in a in a, in a church setting. It was done in a you know an auditorium. If you ever went to if you went to the university of Ibadan, it was done in church at all. It was an evening where we started by 3 p.m. by 5 we were done. Her pastors came to join us. You know, I actually really wanted to screen share you know some of the pictures. I hope I will able to do that because my others, my laptop is, is behaving, it's just going on and off. You know, I would have loved to share. So Pastor Dilio Shimakinde was the one that joined us. Pastor Dilio, Pastor, Pastor Dilio Shimakinde joined us. Pastor Shola Shimakinde was the one that preached. You know, I had my pastors from the fellowship there. You know, it was just a beautiful journey and it was just the spirit of God that said, okay, this is what I need you to do right now. Jiggers. But as I began this journey, <laughs> I realized that being married is an ordination. To be a wife is an ordination. It is not a walk in the park, as it were. It is not, um, it is not, <laughs> I'm doing, I'm trying my possible best to, to speak accurate words. You know, comfort, are you here? Okay, let me just keep recording on my, on my sister. You know, I tried as much as possible to to follow God, but a lot of times I was I was just helped by God. 
because I'm looking back and I'm just like, wow, so many silly decisions, <laughs> so many wrong attitudes, so many wrong expectations, so many, a lot of perception that was not, that was not even in line with God at all. But because it was, there was an ordination upon me to be the helpmate of my husband. And because my heart was longing for God, even though I had a lot of struggles, God was leading me. There was just a reason. There was a, as in, you know, you know how, you know how, you don't know how, but you're just getting, you're just moving, you're just growing, you're just year in, year out. Things are just getting better, things are getting better because the hand of God was there. And you know, God was just telling me today that you need to let my daughters know that marriage, a woman has been ordained to be the helpmate, the support system. And it's almost like, it's like in a woman is that same technology that the Holy Spirit carries. The DNA of the Holy Spirit is, is the, the function of the Holy Spirit in our lives as believers. It's also rooted in, it's the core foundation of the woman. So the Holy Spirit is a teacher, is a counselor, is a helper, is a comforter. You know, is the one that helps us with discernment, is the one that teaches us all things. Like a woman is actually that embodiment. She's the helpmate. She's the she's the she's the one that carries the sensitivity in her core. So many things. She, she's almost like the armor bearer. She's, she's there, looking, standing in gap, and just she's just there for her husband. But a lot of women, a lot of us, did not have. We do not have this orientation when we're getting married. But actually, getting married, carrying into marriage. A lot of novels and uh, movies and expectation fairy tales. So we're expecting that our husband should be that person who meets all of, all of our needs. Like as I'm thinking, in fact, even when we are having, even when we are having, you know, emotional challenges, or even when we are down, we are having issues. We are not happy. We don't even tell him. We expect him to pick it. You know, so if emotions covers up the core of our ordination. So we are helpless, we are sensitive people, we have a we have discernment, but the, the 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 human nature is corrupted. The devil corrupts us so early and makes us so emotional. So you know when they talk about marriage, they always talk a lot about emotions, how the woman is emotional, but you can't actually be emotional and at the same time be sensitive. Like you can't be emotional and at the same time you are discerning. You can't be an emotional wreck. Like you can't be, you can't be that jelly, jelly person. And at the same time, you're, 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 you're standing as a core, as a support for your husband. You're cheerleading him. You're praying him into, into, into his ordination. You're praying him into purpose. You can't. So you see how, before we even get married, the devil comes into our, into our, into our experiences and um, makes us to just be opposite of who God has designed us to be. You know, and I just need you to know that. Always remember your positioning. Always remember that no matter how demanding, no matter how challenging your marriage is, God has put a technology in you to be the helpmate for your husband, to be the support system. So even when there is chaos, even when there is no, there is no, you know, there's no understanding, you don't know what you're supposed to do, everything is up and down, you must remember that you are supposed to be very, you know, you're supposed to be strong. <laughs> you're supposed to be strong. 
But if you are so emotional, how would you be strong? So today I pray for us. So we're going to be having pockets of prayers as we go. I pray for every one of us here in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit will cause us to be strong in the name of Jesus. Our core will become strengthened. I want you to begin to pray. And as you're praying, I want you to post amen and also post your confession and declaration. I pray that our core will become strengthened in the name of Jesus. Every, every, every feeble, every weakness, every unstable emotions, every you know, distraction and get there, everything that is not of God, that is obstructing our DNA, that is obstructing the life that God has prepared for us and God has designed us to have, it is, remo- it, it, it is removed in the name of Jesus. Every pain that we have gone through in life, every emotional trauma that we have experienced in life, that is making us to be feeble, unstable, I declare that the healing balm of Gilead goes to our core in the name of Jesus. It goes to our core in the name of Jesus. We are strengthened in our core. We are strengthened in our inner man. We are strengthened in our inner man. We are strengthened. We are infused with strength in our inner man. We are not unstable. We are stable. We are not not vulnerable. We are not weak. You know, we are not weak women. We are strong women in the name of Jesus. We are not vulnerable. We are not vulnerable. We are not not weak in the name of Jesus. We are strong. We are are discerning. Our discernment is heightened. Our spirituality is heightened. Our spirituality is heightened. Our spirit man is heightened in the name of Jesus. It is heightened above our spirit man is heightened above our emotions. It is heightened above our pain. It is heightened above this human nature in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I just pray for you that everywhere you feel weak, everywhere you are stable, maybe you speak too much, you talk too much, you get angry easily. You know, I, you know, you know there was this webinar to wives that I, I, I did a while ago, and I want you to go check it out on the Fabulous Man Movement page and on Facebook. You will see the webinar to wives, and it was just like an emotional detox you know i want you to go to go watch it and listen to it so that you know i don't have to go into that area because i've already talked about the emotional part you know so we have emotional stability because we have emotional intelligence it is not just at work in our career that we need emotional intelligence we actually also have it at our in our marriage we have stability our tongue is tamed you know but all those external things cannot happen if our inner man is not aligned with God, if there is no strength there. So that's why you must keep praying for yourself. No matter the emotions you feel, no matter how weak you feel, you must keep praying for your core. You must keep praying for your core. So let us just write that as part of the prayer that we are strengthened in our inner man. We are strengthened with might in our inner man. I think it's part of the following prayers. We are strengthened with might in our inner man in the name of Jesus. Amen. So let me go to the second thing I want to talk about today, and it is that our husbands are not God. So let's stop putting pressure on them. The pressure that is meant to be on God, let's stop putting it on our husbands. And that was one of the things that took me a while to learn because I, I, I assumed I was taught that um, the husband is the husband is supposed to fix everything. He's meant to take care of me the way my earthly father takes care of me. You know, for those of us that have um that we have good relationship with our earthly fathers, you know, he's just supposed to meet my needs, he's meant to do all of that, his money is our money, my money is my money, you know, all those kind of things, and I, I just had expectations 
on unspoken expectations, unwritten expectations about my husband. And um and unconsciously, when you have all those kind of expectations that you're supposed to do this, do this, do this, do this, when he doesn't do it, you begin to compare him with other men who do it. You begin to compare him with your friend's husband. You begin to compare him with your ex. You begin to compare him with your with your friends, with your colleagues. And that is one of the reasons why women get into women fall into adultery, fall into unfaithfulness, infidelity, and all of that. Because we put all the pressure, all the demands, all the expectation, all the all our requests places on our husbands. So we expect them to level up. We expect them to meet up. And if you know something about men, if they take their time to process things. So if I'm if I'm saying oh, we are supposed to make a decision or I think I know what we're supposed to do, my husband can just be like, okay, give me time, or he's just thinking about it. And in my mind, I'm feeling like, ah, what's up now? Like fast, 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 fast. And he's just still thinking about it, still being logical, counting the cost and all of those things. But you know, that's just one. Then finances, you know, emotions. When 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 when, and that's why I'll, I'll keep mentioning emotions because we have to step out. I, I look back and I'm like, wow, I used to really be a cry, cry baby, or I used to be really moody, mood swings. Like, perhaps I get to the kitchen, I see that, oh, you didn't carry out the trash. Instead of saying, oh, ah, you forget to carry out the trash, you know, the trash is still there. I would just switch. And that's, that singular act might actually mess up the whole thing. No, that is not the kind of woman God has made us to be because when you allow emotions to consume you, you will not pay attention to the body of the spirit speaking to you part time. You know, so pressures, demands, expectations should be shifted on God. Every of it, every of the expectations you have should be shifted on God. Every of the expectation, I, I mean every. Like even the things that logically, traditionally, culturally, you know, humanly speaking, your husband is supposed to be the one to buy it for you or provide it for you, or you should pick that you are you are not in the right mood, or you should be a, you should you need you need, you need you to be sensitive, emotional, and all of those things. All those expectations, all those demands, instead of talking and talking and becoming a nagging woman, just carry it to God. Even if he's not born again, the act of kings is in the hands of God. He would direct it. He would, he would, he would minister to him, even if he's not born again. He would minister to him. He would just come home and say, Okay, do you need this? And you'd be wondering, I was listening to Reverend Mrs. Adefara recently, you know, my bestest mom, and she was just saying that there was a time when they first got married, and um she was they, they, were, they were practicing this one pocket, you know, one pocket um thing where all their money was in one pocket and i'm not even going to talk about that like they had one purse in their family i'm not even going to get into that because they all have different opinions and for you to come out of you no know, it's money you know we can't keep money together we can't have one purse you need to have an encounter with the holy spirit for that you know you know so she was talking about how they had one purse and there were times she needed money so there was a time she needed money personally i think she wanted to start giving extra offering in church and all of that and she, you know, she was just thinking about it in her heart. She wasn't even like she was complaining that, oh, we have one person. Am I now going to cook? Am I going to do my own thing? She was just thinking about it in her heart. And the only spirit talked to, you know, Reverend Adebara about her, talked to her husband about it. And 
he came and said, oh, have you been complaining about this thing? Because God spoke to me to give you like pocket money. And she was like, no. And God heard her. So I just want you to know that it's it might sound cliche. It might actually sound cliche that we pray about it, push all the pressure on God. But really, really, that's the only way. That's the only way to know. All pressures goes to God. All demand is forced on God. If you've not asked God about a thing, you don't have the right to go ask your husband about it. If you have, a, if you have a, um, an attitude issue or you guys are having challenges and you have not spoken to God about it, you've not cast your body on God concerning it, you don't have the right to go and be talking. That's what will make you to become a naggy woman. And the Bible says that it is better to stay on a roof for literally it's better to go stay in an hotel or to spend more time with boys outside you know with guys outside or to do whatever it is that to be in a, in a house with a nagging woman so when you when you see when you have when your husband is such that you know he does not want to come home it's probably because you're, you the, the home is not conducive for him as he comes home you are sniffing in you are saying oh where are you coming from you're smelling of this perfume like whatever it is whatever issues you're seeing whether he's chatting too much i can remember at the beginning of my marriage where um i felt like my husband was always was chatting with you know he was just always chatting with some people i didn't know and he just said oh, we are friends and i didn't have trust issues you know as it were i didn't have trust issues initially maybe i did but i i, I wasn't I wasn't giving to who going to check phone. Ah, who was he talking to and all of those things? But after, at a point, I would be like, who are you chatting with at this time of the day? I know girls. If a girl is chatting you up at this time of the day, something is wrong. Like she likes you. You say no, no. Like how would she like me? She was a married, you know. And I knew then that I don't even know how we were able to settle the whole thing. I just knew that I needed to come out of being the FBI. I'm a lawyer. I can FBI you. I can estrate the girl. I can stalk her, open a new account. Like I can literally go in the flesh and make her life miserable. But that was just going to be in the flesh. That is what babes who do not know God would do. And what is going to be the end result? What's like? So is it going to be every girl that is trying to chat up my husband and I'm going to be doing that? You know? So I knew that I needed to go, I needed to move myself out of that zone and become secured in God and push those pressures on God. And after a while, you know how I'm like, hmm, okay, I give you, I give you a few weeks. You're going to come back and tell me that ah, this baby that she has a chill motive. So, and after a while, you're going to say, ah, now what for you to be like, ah, like, and that thing is it feeds you that and we don't even have issues about that again. So I'm just I, I just want you to know that it's your story will be different, you know, whatever it is, it will be different. But I want you to know that whatever it is, push it on God. Move it to God. Let your security be in God. Let your confidence be in God. Let your assurance be in God. Don't act in the flesh. Anytime the flesh keeps saying, oh, do this. Uh, give it to him, give it to him, out, out. Oh my God. Now, I was telling someone recently that marriage is a place where you realize that you are capable to kill a person. Yes. Marriage shows you all your weaknesses. You think you are the, for those who are single, you think that, oh, oh God, I just love God. I'm just a beautiful woman of God. I'm just temperate. I don't get angry and all of those things. Marriage 
brings out the worst in you and also brings out the best in you. So really, it also brings out the best in you. It is, it is, it is actually depending on where you are leaning to. There was a time in Ibadan a couple of years ago that a young lady stabbed her husband's death. She knew she, where she was even living wasn't so far from my house, and I took my son to school that day. And a lot of people were talking about it, and I just stood there, I was just listening to all of them as they were just that. And it occurred to me that, baby girl, you fit cute person. And I know that at some point at the beginning of my marriage, when I was always so temperamental and angry, sometimes I would look as if, you know, how your anger, you want to throw something. I'm just like, what is this guy saying? I just want to throw something. And I'm like, and I'm just like, this will tell me that, ah, ah, sister, um, pastor, um, of EHM, ah, if the fellowship, if you see me like it, will be like, my God, is this our pastor? I she, she backslidden. You know, I just used to have a lot of anger in me. And I'm just wondering if I did not come from my background, if I didn't have that spiritual foundation, what would have happened to me? I probably would have just looked and looked, meditated on a mother a, a, a scenario and killed the guy. But where will I end up in, in jail? You know, like this. Do you understand? So we should push the pressure to God. I think I've stayed too long on this. As in, stop nagging. Stop acting in the flesh. It's not going to end well. I look back at everything everything i've tried to do with my strength with my with my with my mindset with my heart how deep you can talk and if you know me well if you know me well maybe my friends and my sisters who are here that knew elenu elenu she fought elenu raised up i have always been very very my tongue has always been very sharp and I think I use my mom to practice it because when then, you know, as a teenager, when my mom is saying one, I am defending myself with five points one, two, three, four, five. And I'm waiting for her to respond like, you want to say something? She says something else. I'm like, one, two, three, four, five. Like, I'm responding to her like, what? Ah. You know, so now that I'm now, you know, I'm becoming a better person in the name of Jesus, please be praying for me, you know. And my four year old daughter, is practicing some things on me. The things I did as a teenager, she's doing it at four. You see that Jesus just really needs to take control. So I know where I'm coming from. I know what I am saying. And I know how these things can be. But we need to submit and yield ourselves to God. So those pressures move it to God. You see? Another thing I want to talk about is seasons. Hmm. The seasons the seasons marriage is in seasons life is in seasons seasons come seasons go life is in seasons the situation you're facing right now the challenges you're facing right now will soon pass away trust me even this world is a temporary place it's going to pass away i look back at some scenarios that look like ah we're just going to die there and after a couple of months or years, depending, it passes. And I'm like, wow, it looked like it wasn't going to end. And you know, it's not just in marriage, it's also in life. One of the times I started feeling the pressure of life so much was just before I entered the university, when I needed to, when I was writing my jam. I remember that I wrote jam a couple of times and it was just 
it was just a body like god when will i make it when will i enter school i entered school and um i wanted to i, I entered i entered for history i wanted to move to law and by the time i moved to law i was like oh okay i'm in law then 200 level was my hardest time the first hardest time i was like okay i passed through that season i remember after every exam i would just be like holy spirit kai how did i survive this my god this is so hard then i 300 level was even very bad 400 level came and in fact i think i think i i prayed more in my fourth year in school than any other time you know because i remember then some of my seniors who were in law school came back from they came to visit from law school and were just telling us how law school was the worst thing ever in this life and i said having fear about law school <laughs> i said having fear about law school i said having a lot of fears about law school and i i remember the day i had to go to my prayer my prayer zone at the back of chapel at the university of Ibadan. for those of us who know that place. and i was just praying about my law school days i was just declaring declaring if god gave me a scripture for my law school isaiah 57 that day because i was just so scared and you know but seasons passed and one of the biggest seasons that i had again was projects oh my god projects for me was like a weight like life was going to end way past then i got to law school that was also a season that i was like jesus it passed i went to serve in fact my service here can be a joke i met with human beings i met with god like life dealt with me i saw life in a different way what is past then i got married another set of seasons now started you know how we believe that because we are good girls especially for those of us who have been in church for a while who grew up in church we have some form of entitlement mentality we just feel that i've been a good girl i didn't club i didn't party i didn't i didn't have bought i didn't you know i didn't i didn't smoke and all of, all of those things god would just yeah god i deserve a good husband like gosh why not so when you get married, you're just flaunting like, yeah, this is the man that God told me, like, this is my husband, thank you, Jesus. And there's just a way you enter into marriage, like everything's just gonna work out together for good in the name of Jesus, and you know. And I got married and I was just like, okay, excuse me. Nobody told me about waiting. Nobody told me about, like, how did, how did I get here? So the seasons in marriage were strange for me because they were really strange to me because I just felt like things just be working like when two or three agree concerning a thing, the Lord would do it. You know, I just had scriptures and I was just like, we are praying, we are agreeing, we are one. And things started to go a different way. And that was when I realized that my my <laughs> my faith was really shaky. And another thing I would say is that when you are having any form of challenges in your marriage whether spiritually your faith is shaking or you want to make decisions finances are hard and you are beginning to resent your husband that he's not he's not able to take care of you the way you think he should or the way you think the way your friends are taking care of their their husbands are taking care of them you know or you're waiting for a baby you're waiting for a job when you are in that in those seasons you must pray i'm trying to things together you must pray to god to send you support system because marriage is not just between the husband and the wife alone marriage is like you know how they say the 
takes a village to raise a child. It actually takes a spiritual village to have a successful marriage. True. And you know, for the first two, three years of my marriage, I didn't share issues with people. I didn't share issues with anyone. I carried the burden myself. It appeared I, 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 I was good. And I had different questions. I had faith questions. I had questions that were, were bothering me. I, I, I felt like the word of God was not working. I felt like, ah, uh, it's like all this Christianity, all these things that we did in school. Uh, it's camo. I I now understood why when I when I'm when I was in school, some people who had finished, you know, two, three years to come back to school and say, all these things in fellowship now, nah, nah, I bet all those things now. Nah child's play, when you get to real world, you know, like this. I understood because I didn't know, and I had this shame. There's something in the church that makes you feel really shameful and very, you know, very, very, very ashamed to open up and say, please, it's like I'm struggling with sex. I don't know how to, I don't love this sex thing. You don't know who to talk to. The system, the structure does not especially for some people when when people have expectation of you oh it's money i didn't know i didn't know who to talk to i didn't want to talk to my parents i don't want to talk to my um my husband's parents i didn't want to really open up with my friends because they were always feeling like i will make that it's not like i've seen all women and i i just don't know what happened and i've seen this play out in different people's lives where you are in that in that season of life and you're struggling to just stay. And some of us stay there. It becomes a cycle. As you think you're coming out, you're entering again. As you think you're coming out, you're entering again. Those of us who have been married for more than five years, you understand what I'm saying. Like, it feels like, oh, we are getting a grip of this. The next thing you see that, ah, this is the experience we had last year. Why is it this, is, is, is occurring again? If I got to a point here, we had this elderly couple, I remember, that we used to go see and talk to. But we really felt like they didn't get us. Like they, they were they were quite elderly, they, they were very comfortable. They would share their story and their journey with us, but it still did not it did not touch that piece. And but um seasons will come and go. I'll still talk about the support system on its own. Seasons will come and go. You must know that. But the reason why, the only thing that will make a season go and not repeat itself is if you are able to get the heart of God for you in that season. If you and your husband are able to navigate together as one through that season, if you are able to come together and say, why are we here? What does God want to achieve with this? Why why, why are we here? Why is it that we might for for a while and we're trusting God for a baby and we do not, what does God want to do? What does he want to achieve? And that you, you must you must be able to get to that point where God, what is your heart? What is what is really in your heart for us in this season? Apart from you know, our desire is to have a baby, our desire is for my husband to get the job. But aside from that, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to achieve in us? Is it that you want to use this process to teach us how not to depend on people? Is it that you want to use this process to teach us how to, to grow out of, of flesh or to change or to be humble? What is, you must be able to ask God because when you understand, when you're able to recognize, first of all, this is a season. There's something happening in this season. This is a season. Then secondly, God, what do you want to achieve in this season? So that we don't keep repeating. 
I remember one of my very good friends, you know, one of my support systems is a sister right now. You know, she there was a time we were talking after like seven years. She's um, one year ahead of us, she's nine years in marriage. And we re- after like seven years, we are in marriage. We realized that we've gone through about the same seasons of life. And we started to ask ourselves that, okay, excuse me, are we supposed to, why are we going through this? Then when we realized that it was a season, we started asking God, what do you want us to do? Then later on, we now started asking God, how do you want us to come out of this? Because there is a strategy, there is a how, there is a knowledge. So for those of us who are single, and you know in your heart that the season for being single is over, that you know there is a weakness in your heart that I should be out of this season by now. You need to begin to ask God, how am I supposed to come out of this? What do you want me to give? What is the Isaac you want me to lay on the altar? What is the sacrifice you need me to give? What is the weight you need me to shed off? What is that consecration, that purification you want to achieve in me? What is that thing you need me to do? Because there must be something, there must be a sacrifice. There must be an offering. There must be a seed. I'm not just talking about money. There must be a a, a, a sheet in your faith. Your faith really, really would need to push. You need to push out of that season. It's almost like you're pregnant. And when it is time to give birth, there will be labor, there will be contraction. And you will need to push out of it. So towards the end of every season, it is hard. It is like you're at the end of you're, you're in a, you're in a tunnel, like it's dark. But towards the end of the season, that's when you actually want to give up the most. You're like, I'm just done. And some of us, we are at the end of towards the end of the season right now. And you're like, I can't do this again. That is <laughs> just any I always know anytime I feel like you know, I can't do this. What kind of nonsense? I can't do this again. Like I'm just tired. I always hear in my spirit that you're just very close. You are tipping point. You're almost at the end of the season. And you can't give up. So a woman in labor, she's feeling that pain, she's feeling that contraction, and they are shouting, push. You know that, haha, this is the last lap. I got to push this thing out. So our seasons, we must recognize it. We must know what God wants to achieve in us with that season. That we must know what we need to do to get out of it. It's not just normal prayer. We must know the warfare. Whether it's the warfare is worship, the warfare is intercession, the warfare is giving. One of my my, my friends and my friend told me that when the channel was not going to at classes, God told them the way to come out of this this particular cycle and this season is that you must not two things. You must give to widows. And they didn't want money. Like any money that comes to your hands, you must go look for widows and give it to them. Don't make this a doctrine. Ask God. Let God lead you and your husband. You must give to widows. Then secondly, you must not partake in talking down about any man of God. Like that was their consecration. That was what God gave them. And the third thing was that they must offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. So they had different sessions where they would just be dancing in their house playing all those deep, those popular kind of song, dancing and sweat. That was the sacrifice God needed from them. And by the time, because they moved out of that season, I had to say, Dave, come, oh, how did you come out of this season? What about I've been in this, on this, on this part for a while, so like, this was the three things that God required from them to push them out. And then I stayed on this for a while because I really want us to get this. Things do not just happen. Life doesn't just change. Your shakalaba, shakala, shakalaba, heavy money cannot just push you out. You must be able to sit with God in 
and in, in deep in understanding, in concentration, in fasting, in prayer, in like ready, like what what you want me to do. Do you understand? And so I've just understood seasons. So right now I'm in a season right now, and I'm like, and a lot some seasons look alike. But you must know that they are not, especially when you know what you did to come out of that season the last time. So some seasons look alike. They look like I, I'm going through a cycle. Remember the other time I was telling my husband, ah, are we caused? He's like, you are going through a cycle. What's happening? Everything. He said, no, they are not. Things have changed. But like, we need to pay attention to the patterns. It's not the same. This one is not the same. It just looks like it, but it's not. I'm like, oh, that's true. That's true. It's different. And we, we were able to pick that. Mm-mm. That last season, this was not there. This was not there. This was not there. But this right now, it's different. And we are still waiting at God. What exactly do you want us to do to push out of this the next phase? The next thing I'm going to talk about is the support system. Hmm. I know that a lot of a lot of girls are legit careful about this. And um that is just operating in the in the flesh. Yeah, you know the devil corrupts everything. The devil corrupts every single thing. He corrupts everything. So you must be aware of that. But because he corrupts everything doesn't mean that um, God does not walk through. So God does not he doesn't use that particular thing because he's corrupting it. Support system, a tribe, a community, friends, women who are like-minded. So I'm going to zone in on like-minded. What kind of mind do you have? <laughs> so if you be like, if you're like, ah, the kind of friends I have are bigger, bigger, bigger. I can't even tell them my struggles. Before I know now, right now, they will spread this, they will gossip everywhere. It means that that's the kind of person you are. You attract your type. You attract your community. The birds of the same feathers, they flock together. So if the kind of friends you have around you, as such that once you are once you once you're vulnerable and you say babes ah this is what is happening in my, in my household the next thing that you are hearing it on instagram somebody is using it as a means of whatsapp just know that that's the kind of person you have you attracted your type and god would need to purge and cleanse your tribe he needs to put you he needs to place you you need to be placed in a community you remember how Joshua was going to war fight and there was someone who was holding his that was holding Moses and to lift up lift up the sword when he was fighting. You remember how even on the cross Jesus was was telling um John take care of your mother and other women were there with Mary. You cannot live life alone. I was telling one of my sisters this morning I was like this is our marriage we're happy thanks and invite you to YouTube because we are married together this is our marriage I can count all the people that God has placed. I can, I know them that God has placed in my life. And somewhere I've been there. Some of my friends have been on this journey with me since the beginning, even before I got my room from like teenagehood and, you know, from when I was a teenager or university. And I know some that came along the way. And that time they came into my life, they were just what I needed for that season. So we must pray for them. I'll call it, I got that for my mentor. We are going to we are going to pray for firebrand friendships. But you cannot add a firebrand friendship or a fervent woman friendship or fervent friendships, fervent women friendships, if you are not one. So that's why I said, if I say you are going to attract 
people who are like you, like minds, they flock together. What kind of mind do you have? Do you have the mind of Christ? Or you have a mind that is full of envy, jealousy, bitterness. You look at your friend who is doing fine and you are angry with her. You are, you are jealous of her. You still need to touch. You are supposed to place yourself on a transformation journey. Like you must surrender your members to Christ. Like we cannot be, you cannot. And that's the reason why a lot of us have been very unfortunate. I hear a lot of women say, I have been very unfortunate with friends. And the reason is because you yourself have not been that kind of friend. You've not been that kind of support system that they need. Do you see? So let's just begin to pray that God. So the prayer is going to be in two parts. Heavenly Father, I yield my heart to you. I yield my mind to you. Cleanse me. Touch me. Purify me. Everything in me that is bitter, that is, and everything in me that is not of you, that that yeah everything in me that is not of you god take it away god change me god transform me put me on this journey on this journey as a believer i surrender myself to you and i i i build myself to be on the journey with the holy ghost what the holy spirit is teaching me pruning me i hope we're praying please type amen or type your prayers because i need to be sure that we're we're following you know God, I yield myself to you. Father, I yield my mind to you. I yield myself to you. Cause me, Lord Jesus, to be that daughter of yours who has the mind of Christ. Cause me to have the mind of Christ. That 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 personality, that temperament, that that thing, everything in me that does not glorify, that does not look like God, take it away from me. I receive the mind of Christ. As I engage with God on this journey, I have the mind of Christ. My mind is constantly transformed. My mind is renewed in the name of Jesus. I do not think like the world thinks. I'm not cultural. I'm not traditional. But instead, I am I am I am spiritual. Like I am a spiritual being. I am a fervent woman. I am a fairy flaming woman. In the name of Jesus, I'm full of the word. I'm full of the spirit. In the name of Jesus, everything in me everything, the foundation of my life to the root, the foundation. You can remember during the conference when Pastor Ayon said, if the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? The righteous will give God the foundation and tell God to, to fix it. Tell God to renew it. Tell God to, to give him a new foundation. So God, go to the core of my life. Every baggage, every body, every, every issue in me, everything in me that does not look like God, I give to you. God, transform me in the name of Jesus. Because to be that woman who is the helpmate, who is discerning, who has spiritual core, who has a spiritual core, who is sensitive. It must be, you must be founded on Jesus Christ. God, every foundation that I have that does not look like Holy Ghost, remove it. Every tree in me that is bearing fruit, that is inconsistent with the life of God, God, remove the tree in the name of Jesus. Uproot every tree. Uproot everything in me. Everything in me that doesn't look like God, uproot it in the name of Jesus. And I want us to write this prayer in our journal, you know? And if we are the woman who is transforming, who is growing, who is becoming like Christ, you, you, we will be able to undo the excesses of our husband. We will be able to undo his unfaithfulness. We will be able to undo his errors because we would, we would have the mind of Christ towards him. We would have this patience, compassion, you know, towards him. We will, we will be able to stand in God for him. 
We're able to love him unconditionally. We're able to submit ourselves to him, as scripture has said, you know. So we must transform. You know how we focus so much on the husband? And we're like, he's not doing this, he's not doing this, he's not doing that. And, you know, don't let me jump ahead of myself because I'm sitting together. You know, so we must change. When our core is changing, our compassion level will increase. Our our empathy level will increase. Our love back, the love of God will be shared abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. We will no longer be selfish. Marriage will no longer be me, myself, and I. It's wounds. We will understand that we are on the journey with the Holy Ghost. We will understand that we are following Christ. We are serving Christ. Where everything we're doing, we say whatever we do, we should do it as unto the Lord. We will understand that this is not this is not that ah, I did this. You know, you're not counting the things you did. Ah, this morning I woke up, I washed the plate, I swept the floor, I did. But you, you just woke up this morning. You just stood in front of it. See, what, what kind of rubbish is that? You will know that as you are washing that plate is unto the Lord, as you're fixing the meal is unto the Lord, it does not matter whether you're able to see it or not. Why? And the only reason why a woman can be in that space, and I know that, and I, if you know where I'm coming from, you know that this thing I'm telling you is a revelation knowledge and is an experience I have with God. So you would not be expecting from him because your reward is not with him. Your reward is not with him. Your reward is, is from God. Everything is from I know you have you, you want to cordage. I know you want to go on that trip. You want him to blow. You want him to have money. You want him to look at you in a way. You want all of those things. But when you are changing and you are transforming in your core, when you are becoming like Christ, when all you are doing is unto the Lord, it does not matter whatever the other person is doing. Like I don't know if I pronounce it for Toby, did I? <laughs> you know, like seriously, it doesn't matter. Because you know that on the last day, you are going to stand before God and you are going to give an account of the things you did in this flesh. And God isn't going to hear, God is not going to hear. Oh, so God, like God, seriously, the reason why I wasn't my best and the reason why I wasn't just that woman you made me to be is because my God, see this guy. This guy does not deserve it. No, God is not going to hear those kind of things, you know? And these were the things I came into, and I was just like, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me, oh, I have entitlement issues. I'm demanding so much, you know? Yeah. So community, I'm going back to the community and the tribe. If you now, you're that woman who is journeying with God, and your mind is transforming, and you, are, you have the mind of Christ, the people you begin to attract will be firebrand friends. There will be women who are filled with the Holy Ghost. There will be women who, whenever they open their mouth to give you counsel, they will be counseling you based on the word of God. They might not even have had those kind of experiences, but they will be the women that will be like, baby girl, I think you should fast and pray about this. And I think your, your attitude towards your husband is wrong. I think like everybody that God will be placing in your, in your, in your life directing you towards God. We'll be giving you counsel. So I remember remember that my childhood friend, like she's my my longest friend. Her name is Pastor Teokistis. You know, we've known each other since I was like eight. When we got married, she also got married the same year I got married. So our wedding anniversary will be 10 years in December. So shortly after we got married, she started this group for young, you know, young, all of us were young. And I remember that in that group, I used to really feel like, oh, I got it all figured out, like, oh my God, spiritual things and all of that. And initially, I'm not, I wasn't really given to sharing my 
my my story my my pain so reason is I'm the firstborn I've always been I've always had responsibilities I've never really been privileged to be on the to be on the receiving side I have I was trained to always give so I really do not know how to just stand in front of someone and just be crying. Oh my God, my life is. I really do not know how to do it. Like I would rather just internalize things and just be strong all through. And you know, it was really, it was really taking a lot of toll on me. Anyway, and I'm coming out of that. I'm not coming out of that drudgery. But even when I was in the group, young women like we were about the same age bracket. Bracket. I still didn't open up. But so many things that they share about their lives on the group, different women was just was just you know just everyday life kind of thing. I was learning, and I'm grateful to God I was in that group. I'm still there. I think the group is like six years right now, and it's more than six years because I think my son I had him when I don't know, I can't remember, but it's been a long time. It's more than six years. What am I saying? Almost eight years, you know. And I've learned, and we're growing together, you know. And that group really formed me because it, it gave me perspective. I remember then my husband used to say to me, I am a good man. Go and ask your friends on the group if their husbands do the things I do. My husband doesn't really talk. So when he says those kind of things, you should know that he's really upset. And I mean, I'll be like, I beg, I beg, I beg. And I would just, I would not ask them. Obviously, I will not see anything. I just feel in my mind that please stop hyping yourself like ah, I beg, I beg. But gradually, people started talking about themselves on the group, about their husbands and all. And so people will say something about their husband, and I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> like in my heart, I started repenting. I said, see that I was not paying attention to my husband. I was not respecting him. I was not honoring him. I, I didn't place him on that. I was just like, oh my God, I've been taking this guy for granted. And like my eyes started opening that I took a lot of things for granted. I just assumed that all men were like that. I was, I was, I was focused on the wrong thing. I was comparing him. And I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Ah. So I, my, my attitude started changing. So I'm telling you what, what groups do, what friendships do, what like-minded friendships do, what communities do. You must not be isolated. You must not be isolated. In fact, it was from there I understood the meaning of sisterhood. You know, the perfect man is not that kind of thing. The perfect man is a group where you come to and your spiritual life is basically, you know, is basically affected and you're growing and we are supplying straight to your spiritual growth. Yeah, you need that kind of, you must pay attention. That was what, like, I remember that along the journey, I started paying attention to friendships. I started paying attention to friendships. I started paying attention to friendship. Like, okay, I might not tell you what I'm going through, but because deep in my heart, I need answers. When my friends are talking or people are talking, I started paying attention. I started getting answers. So I might pray about something in the morning and someone to people just be discussing something on them, on BBM group. And they're just discussing something. I would just be like, hmm, this is the answer. Thank you, Jesus. So you cannot be isolated. Anyone who is isolated, the devil does 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 the tactics of the enemy. The strategy of the enemy is to distract you, to annoy you, isolate you, and kill you. So if you're in this space right now, you are so bored and you don't have anybody. As in, there are seven billion people on earth, you don't have anybody, any one person, two people who are spiritually minded, who have discernment to share your body with. You are, you are, you are, you are, you are in a trap. It's wrong. It's evil. 
is destructive. Come out of it now in the name of Jesus. So I want you to pray that God, the friends that I need for every season of my life, God, I ask them to come to me in Jesus' name. Firebrand friendships, parent women friendships, blessed women, women who are who are graced, who have the counsel of God, who have the mind of Christ in the name of Jesus. At my workplace, the kind of women I need, it might not even be women, it might even be men, the kind of favor or leaks that I need at my workplace, who will recommend me, who will fight for me when meetings are going on and I'm not there and they will say, oh, no, 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 no. She's not that kind of person. And they will fight for me because I receive them in the name of Jesus. I receive the gifts of men in the name of Jesus. Men of stature, men of wisdom, men of valor, virtuous women. I receive their gifts of men in the name of Jesus. I will no longer be isolated. I receive the gift of intercessors. I receive the gift of intercessors in the name of Jesus who will hold my hands. Some of them would even pick it in the spirit. I have friends like that who will pick things in the spirit. And some of them might not even call me, but you know, they'll pick in the spirit and be praying for me, you know. But I receive this kind of friends in the name of Jesus. I receive the gift of intercessors, I receive the gift of men, I receive the gift of prophets, I receive the gift of teachers, I receive the gift of counselors in the name of Jesus. Concerning my business, you know, there's someone you've been having so much issues concerning your business. You don't know, you don't know the next thing to do. I pray for you that you receive. You receive relationships that would give of men that would give you counsel on how to move that business from where it is to the, to the next place in the name of Jesus. In fact, there's someone that God has been giving you in, in ideas about you. So let me tell you, let me let me stop. Let me tell you something. Because we have the Holy Spirit in us, our primary teacher is the Holy Spirit. And when we study the word, when we read books, our primary teacher is the Holy Spirit. But sometimes Holy Spirit is talking to you. And you know it, but somehow you don't you didn't put the words together. So what happens to me is that um I know that the Holy Spirit is talking to me about something, but I'm not able to conjoin it together. And I will just be listening to someone, whether to my mentor or listening to a message. You know, those are part of gifts, those are part of friends. My my mentor is my friend, my prophet is my friend, my, my pastor is my friend. God, they are gifts of men. And I'm listening, I'm listening to a friend. I'm listening to somebody just sharing something. I'm reading a post on social media. Those are the things I look for when I'm on social media. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit explains to me that every content that enters, that you look at, that you hear, you read, that enters through your mind on social media is a counsel. Is a counsel. So whether it is bad content or good content, it's a counsel. And counsel, they hide somewhere in your heart. The day you need it, it will just appear. So whether it's a bad counsel, you know, oh, I don't know how to interpret this in English, but you know, Yoruba, those of us who are here, you understand, you can interpret it. Um, who knows how to interpret that? If those are the kind of friendships that you have, who believe that, ah, like, what is this? Men are this, men are that, men are this. And somehow, you have those kind of friends. And on social media, you have, you follow those kind of people who make side comments and make a mess of marriage. And talk about marriage as if it's insignificant. And you are reading it and you're hearing it. It's stormy somewhere. The day you will need it, the day you and your husband will be talking, and the way, the way you will be sensing and be like, what will you do? Like, 
do your worst i'm getting out of here those are friendships so don't limit the friendships to oh don't limit the friendships to the friends you talk to every day the friends you have on your social media it is part of it thank you talk yes a group of category of women that disrespect their husband and they have like what's what who is that you know so the, the friends you have on your social media and did they go to tell me i, I used to follow tiwa savage and the likes before and i don't know why i used to follow them i think i just felt like oh they were just smart girls you know they were just you know they, they were hustlers you know they just hard working and i just respected them hmm. i can remember the day i read to I sat down like this, I read from beginning to the end. And it's like, oh, like, what are you feeding your mind? What are you feeding your mind? Like, don't you know that these things are counsel hiding your, they are storing up in your mind. The day you will need it, you will, it will just come and tell you that men are like that, all men are shit. Baby girl, pay attention to yourself, fuck out. You would think it's a joke. Hey Lord, I said I'm following people. I unfollowed. They now said, Holy Spirit, lead me to start following people who have the mind of Christ. That is how I met someone like BBK. That is how I met Isaiah that came to minister in uh, the very conference. Remember? That is how I even met my pastor. He was on social media. I found my church, my present church. Lady Thames, Pastor Kenny Federal, he was on social media. Like I started following people who once I see their content, I see their friend list. I'm like, okay, think about the same thing. I follow them. And that is how we end up into a tribe. So friends are not just the friends you have their contacts. Friends are also people you follow on Twitter, people you subscribe to their channel, people that you follow on that follow you on Facebook or their friends on Facebook. Because the things they say, their ideology, their mentality, their perspective will pass into you through their posts. It will become a counsel and it will have an impact on your marriage. So that is it about friendships, about communities. So we have prayed about it. Continue to pray and continue to pray. I prayed, I started praying this prayer since 2018. And I can tell you that this is two years later. God has brought me into covenant relationships. A few days ago, a minister either called me and said she wants to share some things with me. She had a discussion, she had a, a question and answer session with our mentor, and she just felt like I needed it. And she 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 she, she gave me two hours and said teaching me telling me the things she wrote in her journal from that discussion of about six months ago. And everything she gave me was an answer to the questions in my heart right now. I was so overwhelmed. I was just like, God, when I was praying in 2018 for for firebrand friendships, God, so this is what it means. That she, she was the one. I didn't ask her. She was one of them. I mean, I think, um, just, just remind me. Just remind me. Just have a Zoom call next week. You know, I just feel like she should share something with you. Two hours, just stealing the mind of God. And everything she was saying were things that the Holy Spirit was already telling me. But I couldn't join them together. And as she was saying the words, it was not like God was saying, see, I already told you this. But now it's in a sentence. This is what to do. And I was like, oh, shit, thank you. This is how we win. This is how we excel. Do you understand? And the next thing I'm going to go to is finances, career, and yeah, money. So money also is in seasons. Or let me say career. Or, or let me say the, the source of income or the breadwinner in a marriage is also in seasons. It is also in seasons. So if you're um, you're single and 
your <laughs> your the, one of the motives or motivation for the reason why you are entering that you want to marry that guy is because he has money and because he has a steady job not even because he really has money but because he has a steady job he has a steady career and he's, he's moving like he's progressing so you permutate his career you know pathway the plot is graph and you say the way it's going by the time we are like five years married you'll be a consultant yeah like you know you're just permutating that journey yeah but let me shock you you can lose this job just about when you get married yeah yeah see god oops so this is one of the things i didn't understand when i first got married i just think that god no now there's just always money now like what are you saying my father didn't do bad how is that i'll now be here you now no 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 we can't do this and you know see, see, so there could be time when your husband does not have a job <laughs> and there could be a time when he has a job and your own salary is more than his own hmm. see if you're not transforming every day as a wife when you start to earn or if you're in that season of life when you're earning more than your husband trust me you disrespect him oh lord there's just a way your shoulder will just be high just be high like this if he's eating too much you're like <laughs> baby boy are you joking like are you just eating like that i'm the one really working here guy what's happening <laughs> as in if he's just like oh you know he's just spending you're like hey, calm down guy like if you are not transforming and you're in a season of life where you're any more than your husband you would not know when you would you would you would lord it over him you would you would you mess him up you let as in you'll be so messed up you'll be still so disrespected you will feel so small you feel like what is it and this is one of the things that has pressured men to go pick up jobs that they're not supposed to pick up to enter into relationships with women who are demanding or to relationship with men and get themselves mixed up in so many things that is not edifying just because they don't ever want to be in that space where their wife is breadwinner and they, they are just there because even though she's born again and she has the life of god in her she's prideful she's loving it over she's controlling all of a sudden her shoulder is high all of a sudden she does not honor again all of a sudden she does not respect again because she's just like i as in i'm i'm like really what are you doing without and we picked up these things are just inherent in the human nature so there's been those seasons in our lives there was a very large amount of season where I was any more than my husband. And I saw how I would just be resentful towards him. And I would just so, so a lot of times I would even I would even take decisions, financial decisions without speaking to him. Because at the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm working it as like I'm the one working before. Like, I mean, and he would just be like, you know, he didn't tell me about that. Did we agree about that? And I was just like, oh, sorry. And that's it. Of course, I tell me that. Ha. Ma, do you have you forgotten your ordination? Have you forgotten the position? Yes, the man is the head of the home. But there are times where you might be the one taking leadership in a particular role. Does it now make you become the head? You are not the head of this home. And that's why when I hear when the older elderly moms talk to us, you know, and say, I've one course 
you people should be one. So your any 200, your any 700, you put it together and you say every month that any 900, and you break it together. Yeah, there is no, there is no idea. There's trust. I know some men you can't do that with them. I get, but like you're open about it, then you would not be in that space, you know. But you should never think you are the head of your home because you are any more than your husband, or because your father is rich, or because you are more privileged. Or because he's at a season of his life where he's still trying to find out, you know, he's in between jobs, he's in between career, he's having challenges, he's really trying to figure out his purpose. And that is the time to cheerlead your husband. That is the time to support him. Anybody outside your home must not know the secret. Nobody, no third party, no friend, no family, no parents must know that you are the one anymore. You must humble yourself. In the brain. I can't even believe I'm saying these things, but these are things that I, this was an error I walked in for years and I carried it on my head until God. In fact, that was one of the major things that the Lord communicated to me that He told me to resign my job. When God was telling me to resign my job, as in, I was like, You, you, you must be kidding me, God. Like, how are we going to survive? And God was like, You are not the head, you are not the source. So don't and be source. Your husband is the head of this home. I am his own head. So get out of the way. Like get out of the own equation. You are you are taking this thing too seriously. You have you have now made yourself to become a leader. Resign your work. And at that time, my salary was the main was like major source of income. So I was like, okay, tell me God, if I now resign, how are we gonna do it? He said, watch me. I said, oh, okay. And I began to watch him. I resigned. You know, I didn't think I resigned just like that. It took me about six months, seven months, and I almost <laughs> I entered into a lot of error at work because I was disobeying. In fact, my mother first told me to resign. He told me to resign six months before I resigned. He said he senses that it is time for me to resign. And my question is, my question was, you're sensing I should resign. Okay, sir. What are we going to eat? Oh, like I am not sensing. And I said I wasn't sensing out of the flesh, not because I prayed about it. I said I'm not sensing anything because I'm not, I didn't finish saying what I was saying. But you know, God sees the heart. What I was saying in my heart was that, excuse sir, if you are telling me to resign, you must have a you know option. And I'm just being real with you guys. This was just I mean, this was just it's not even up to you. It's not up to you. It's just about a year ago, you know. And it was just like so. I didn't answer, and I, I continued working. And you know my husband <laughs> oh gosh is you know when god keeps a man for his daddy he allowed my excess and he will patiently be praying for me to just be going in my error but he'll be praying for me and when i come back with sense he will not you will not you will not rub it on my face he will just welcome me back like a critical son you've learned but can we continue <laughs> you know so i didn't i didn't i didn't listen so i continued working that was December, I told you, 2018. From January, God had to talk to me about different things from January. He said to talk to me about having too many in deeper way. He said to talk to me, but I, I, I remember I went to Lagos then for a program in Lagos. He said to talk to me about different things. But from January, I started having issues with my boss. If you know me now, you know me and my boss were like five and six. I having issues at work. I started making mistakes. I started getting into error. I said having issues. I was just like, God, what is happening? In fact, in May, I was sent home for a month. Like, I was like, I don't get what's happening. 
just go and rest. I think you're stressed. You know, you're, you're working too much. Just go and rest. And when I was at, at home, for the whole month, we're like, don't worry, I'll pay you. Just go. And when I was at home, God just tries to speak this truth I'm telling you. Try to tell me, woman, you are usurping your authority. You are not the You are not the source. You're not submissive to your husband. And the word submissive is to willingly surrender. You know the word submissive is still is the same word, submit to God. So the way I choose to submit to God and to be a better Christian is the same way I'm supposed to choose to submit to my husband and allow him to lead me, allow his authority. You know, so point to me. And I just knew that I needed to resign. But I still, you know, didn't have the courage, you know, to do it. Then I went back to work. After I resumed work, God told me, you're going to leave this place. This is not what I want for you. I need to rearrange your family. I need to align your family. But the only way I can align your family is if you give me the room to do that. Resign. So I did. I June, that was June. I resigned. You won't believe it that. Hey, <laughs> by the end of June, in fact, before I finished my resigning, my husband is a consultant. My husband's job, like, you know when Arole will say, Ogwegera in one terabyte, like his life went from just there to this. And the profit and the money he made on that job, um, my, my work, my, my job, my career, three years, three years, salary of three years, but not two years. Like, he made profits, he made money that was, that was my annual income for three years. God messed me up. Oh, Lord God, Jesus. I was messed up. Like, are you guys hearing? If I hear you, I was really messed up. I was like, ah, uh-uh. ah. Like, legit, everything I thought I was working for, God proved to me that it wasn't about me. Like, I should let go, I should get out of the way. Okay, guys, thank you, guys. I should get out of the way. And that was when he started to teach me submission. He started to teach me, like, I am your source. You don't get. It does not matter who is earning or is not earning at a time. I, my, your husband is a head submit to him yeah and that was just my story about that and after then i realized that if god does not if god does not provide there is no way i'm going to get provision from my husband is not even my source so when i went another dimension was that by the time i was going to leave my when i left my work i didn't know how to depend on someone in that sense, I didn't know how to say, oh, please, I need money. I didn't know how to ask for God had to break me down on that one. So it was like, push the, that's where it was, push the pressure on me. Ask me for the things you need and I will bring it. So he says, he said, telling me, stop asking me for money. Stop saying, God, I need money to buy a laptop. Just tell me you need a laptop. And I started praying. My prayer was different because I now realized God was my source. So I would just say, God, you know what? Um, I need a laptop. I need to work on some things. I need a laptop. That week, within two weeks, within that week, I prayed the prayer. Someone just saw me and said, um, hey, what have you been telling God? God has just been telling me to buy you a laptop. I said, please, oh, answer. And everything I've been needing since that time, personally, for ministry, 
for everything has been coming because God was like, stop asking me for money. Just ask me for what you want. So during the here, let me read you this. Let me give this testimony. So during the during the before the conference, I, I kept saying, God, I don't have money to to hire a, a fantastic person, you know, a, a designer to design the flyer. So what am I going to do? And I don't want to beg. I'm not going to borrow. You know, you are my source. You are my source. You know. And I was just praying. And God was. I was just praying. I, I was just there. I was just praying for a while. And God just said, you know what? Speak to admin minister Ibuku, one of the admins she's my bestie but just speak to her she would design the flower i was like yeah she's into printing and all i was like okay she i don't know if she can really design flower okay let me tell her and i told her and she was like okay i've not done this before but let me try my hands on it and when she was going to start she said she was just praying in the holy ghost and she was just like okay god i'm going to design this flower and our first and only design was what we used for free and like like that and God was like you must get to that point your husband is not your source you must not have plan b you can't be asking me for something and at the back of your mind you're like in case this thing i'm asking god for if it does not work so i'll just borrow it from my sister i'll borrow it from my husband or from my from my dad no you must get and and see for me to for me to get this mentality it's been a journey i just had to submit myself to god no plan b no no um permutation so if this does not work eh, i would no pressure no pressure there were expectations that i had concerning my 10th year anniversary if i let me even tell you the expectation so um all my siblings except one they're outside the country all of my siblings have not seen him since my wedding. Last time I saw him was at my wedding. And I we just I just really felt like okay, let us all of us come together and you know let's have a mini wedding ceremony again. I, 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 I wear a wedding dress. You know those fancy things you see online now. <laughs> Who does not want to do is like, you know, let's have a wedding ceremony let's have our pastor, let them join us and you know those things and just have a very, very vowed renewal. And we started working on since last year, like we started working so hard on it, budgeting and all of that. And sometimes towards the end of the year, I started having unrest about it. And God was like, you're just doing copy and pasting. You're just trying to be like every other person. Did I tell you to do this? But I, I, I had gone to like two venues, had booked, had made plans, had done this. My brother, um, my brother was going, so my brothers outside the country were going to come with their wives. Um, my sister was going to come, we're going to do this. But you know, I was just doing all of those things that you see online. Now. Like, I just wanted to be trendy and all of that. And God was, I just had having unrest. Things are just coming up. Things are just coming up. Until the day I just said, you know what, guys, they're not nobody's coming again. This was before COVID. I just said, guys, you know what? I'm not I'm not doing all these things again. Immediately I announced to everybody that you know what, let's all let's just stop all the plans, you know. Let's stop all the plans. <sighs> just leave it. We're not doing anything. I had peace. Then shortly after, COVID happened. Nobody could fly. Nobody can come into the in fact, my brother was supposed to have one of them was supposed to have bought his ticket like February. It was when we were talking about tickets taking now, just like, no, 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 don't worry, just chill. Just chill. It's still July, right? You could still buy the ticket around March, April. So just chill. But like, okay, let me use the money for something else. You can imagine. 
<laughs> and COVID happened and again. So I've always had different desires. Oh, I want this. This is the picture I have in my mind. This is how I have. And God was like, Mimi, I am your source. Everything you want will come to pass. But learn to depend on me. Don't put yourself under pressure. Stop being cocky and pasty. Stop trying to stop trying to what you see online. I can even remember when my third and his wife did their 20 anniversary. I was like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. I just really want to have this. And I was like, come on, shut up your mouth. You're not having anything. And I'm like, it's not as if you're not going to have it, but just calm down. Like, enjoy me. It doesn't have to be that. It could be something else. And if you don't have it now, you could have it maybe later. You could even have it next year. You don't, it doesn't have to be 10 year. It could be 11 year. It does not even have to be anniversary. You could just even just do more photo shoots one day and say, well, I want to look like a bride. Like, you don't have to be, you don't have to copy everything. And I learned, and God has just been teaching me about him being my source. And I just want, you know, if you're in that season and money is not flowing, don't be resentful towards your husband. He's trying. I'm sure he's trying to figure it out himself. Don't put pressure on him to make him to go and, you know, go and join scammers and go and be scammed and go and do things that Holy Spirit is not calling him to do. God is primarily our source. God is primarily. See, in fact, I have a strong thing I should share this. So, I've been doing basically ministry and a lot of ministry and a lot of freelance. So I I, I also work with startups, you know, HR. I have a lot of experience in HR. So most of the things I've been doing, whether career-wise with NGOs and all, has just been really freelance. Everything has just been freelance, like that just been pro bono, it has been volunteerism and all, you know. And I'm just like, God, I, I want to earn money. Like, okay, I'll even be telling God about so right now. I want to sow this, I want to sow this, I want to do this, I want to do this. And God was just saying, hmm, I am your source. Let me take care of you. Okay, I said I want to do this business. It will not be wrong. In fact, one of my one of my sisters was talking to me about the business she's in, and she was talking to me about the business. I'm just like, God, I want to also do business. And God was like, Calm down. I will pay you, Mummy. The work you're doing, you are working for me. I will pay you. And you know that when we say we are working for God, we usually don't expect a monetary blessing. It's not like let me explain. When someone is saying they are, if I tell you now, if you ask me, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I basically just do ministry and I minister to people and all. You just got me like, hey, yeah, well, God would provide for you. You don't, you don't think that. You won't think that at the end of the month I will get the salary from it because it's not the religious. It is not the normal eight to five. So you wouldn't think that I'll get the salary from. And even me, I won't think I'll get the salary from it. But God was like, Mommy, you must know that these hours you are putting in mastermind class, in prayers, in intercession, in counseling, you will be rewarded. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He says you will be rewarded. You will be rewarded. You know, just know that I will pay you back. I will pay you in cash. I will pay you in kind. Things money can buy. Things money cannot buy. I will pay you. This is what is called transformational value. You will be rewarded in cash and in kind in every area of life. 
And it was hard for me to shift into this mindset because especially when you grew up in a culture like Nigeria, where you are good, the reason why you went to school so that you can earn six digits salary, the reason why you are, you are a doctor, you're a lawyer, so that you can earn money. And now you're now seeing, oh, when I was growing up, everybody that was a minister or was a pastor, they were always looking very, you know, you know how people going to go to Bible school just because they did not get a good job. They know well because they are just like societal rejects and you know they don't have they don't have they don't have sense in that in that sense you know and God is like you must begin you must you must see that you are working for me you will be paid you will not lack any good thing you might feel that you need this thing but I know that you don't really need it will distract you or I will still give it to you trust me and I'm just leaning on this because money is a major issue in marriage. I remember those days of Uma hair. Oh my God. I've come out with my hair. Where is it now? I'm on drugs. I don't wear my hair again. I, I don't even have interest for beats and weaves. That's one of the reasons why I went on drugs. And those things passed. And God was like, you must trust me to take care of you. I'm your source. You know? And um, yeah, I think I've talked about patience. Yeah, and I want to talk about something else. And it's patience. I want us to pray right now that God will give us the grace to be patient with our husbands, to be patient with our process. I want you to begin to pray that God help me to be patient. And the reason why I'm saying this is because you know we're in a world, we're in an age right now, even in the body of Christ, where men are being groomed. Women rather are being groomed. Almost every meeting, a woman is the one attending, attending, attending. And you know how you're just growing, you're just growing, you're just growing in God, you're just loving God, you are changing, you are transforming. And I'm looking at your husband like, ha, ah, God, how is my husband how, how will it trans? As how are we going to join together? This my husband is not getting it. I want God is saying we should be patient with their journey. We should be patient with their journey. We should pray prayerfully be patient with their journey. And I want to ask you yesterday, how many of us really pray for our husbands? The day God showed me that when you're so self-centered, you're so selfish, the only thing you keep praying about is yourself, your career, your purpose, your destiny. That was a, that was a, like a couple of years ago. But like you don't pray for your husband. You don't pray for its growth. You're not expect if you're not praying for someone, that means you're not expecting the person to grow. You don't pray for him. You don't wait on me for him. When you are fasting for yourself, every and even the singles now, a lot of singles right now, single ladies, they're just growing, they're just becoming a better person. But you are not praying for your husband. And that's what I used to tell the single ladies I, I disciple. I see you must know that as God is building you. That guy is somewhere. He's also being built. One of the days where a very deep spiritual sister will be married to an average to a guy that is in between canality and baby babyhood. It is not possible. So as as you're here right now, listen to me. And define yourself growing. You must be you must be aware that the Lord is also grooming your husband, your husband wherever he is. And those of us who are married, every time we are in the presence of God or we are, we, are, we are engaging with a material that is changing us, I want you to know that you are there on behalf of your husband also. I want you to know that you are there on behalf of your husband. So for every married woman here, you are there on behalf of your husband. Let us patiently pray them into their couples. It was my friend, my, my friend and sister that taught me this way. 
just like you know, we have to pray for we have to pray for our husbands. We have to pray for our husbands. That is she keeps saying it, she keeps saying it. We have to pray for you have to prayerfully, patiently and prayerfully pray for your husband. Don't don't be judgmental, don't be critical. You know, and these are things that I did over the years. I used to feel that I was more spiritual than my husband. If you know me and you know my husband, you know what I'm saying. I, I, I even though he's a pastor's kid, you know, he's um came from a very strong spiritual background. But me, I'm more of ah, very out there. He's more and I just used to feel like we had different 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 way of saying things, different way of just used to feel like, oh, what kind of person is this? And I thought, I know you told me to marry this guy, but why does why does it feel like he's not if I, I remember those days, all these pastors, our pastors from our fellowship, when you say fellowship, you'll be like, mm, I mean, like he's not <laughs> he was not just into all these church things. And I'll just be like, so I used to just judge because me I was very religious until recently I was very church. And you know, I've told you where I'm coming from. I was just very churchy. As in, if I enter a church today, I, w- I would, as in, I would really want to be, not like I really want to be there. Before you know it, the pastor is like, ah, that will mean this one. So any church I go, I become a leader. Any gathering, I become a leader. Do you understand? You know, so I was just like, what are you like? Why are you so laid back? So for so many years, I judged him. So even when he's giving me the counsel of God, I was not receiving it. And God was like, and God said, I should tell you today, if you have a husband who is not born again, hmm, he's still your head, though. Well, he's still your prophet, he's still your priest. In his carnal state, you must submit to him. And, you know, I heard this song where someone said, our husband is not, our husband is not very, like, Christian. But she was going for a job interview. And God told her to go and move down before our husband has and ask him to pray for her. And she was like, eh, this one. But I don't even know where it was all through yesterday. I should go and kneel down and ask him to pray for me. And she was like, she heard it that if you don't kneel down and honor him and tell him to pray for you, you will not get a job. And she went. And he didn't even really know how to pray. He just said once she got it. And God told her, he is your head. It does not matter if his head is not very correct in that sense. It does not matter how you feel is is the one you choose to be your head, and you must submit to his authority. While you are praying for him to be converted, you must not usurp your authority, you must not dishonor him. And I want us to go and read First Peter chapter 3. I in the, in the passion translation. It says, and now let me speak to the wives. Be devoted to your own husbands. So that even if some of them do not obey the word of God, your kind conduct may win them over without you saying a thing. So that woman now that went to know that and say, Oh, my husband, um, I'm going for interview, please pray for me. And here is one day, ah, you are a prayer warrior. And she like, please pray for me. And if she continues to yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit, the guy will be won over to God. Without her nagging and saying, ah, ah, now wow, you, are, you can't do it in the flesh. We must patiently pray for our husbands. Some of them might take years and decades to come into the revelation knowledge, but you must, cons- you must persist and continue to pray. You cannot give up on him. 
you have to continue to believe the best of your husband. He says, for when they observe your pure godly life before God, it will impact them deeply. Let your true beauty come from your inner personality, hmm? not a focus on the external. Let your true beauty come from your inner personality and that's why we're praying for our inner man our core the other time because if my core is pure if my core is under transformation if my core is renewed what will come out of me will be submission it will be honor it will be grace even when it doesn't make sense even when it doesn't make sense even when my friends feel like i'm seeing even when people around me feel like ah, are you, and that's the reason why you can't. I don't have those kind of friendships. They left my life. Who will say, maybe I don't. God has divinely changed my tribe. Everyone has the mind of Christ. And perhaps there is no one that has it. Somebody is still there that doesn't have the mind of Christ. God is working on the person. My life will impact the person, the person will change. You know, and you know, so just let's go and read first Peter chapter 3 in TPT. In, trans, in the, the passion translation in NLT translation digest it don't resist the word of God just know that the only way that man can change whether he loves God whether he knows God whether he's halfway whether he dreams whether he does not care about you whether you are the one paying the dues is that you have to patiently pray for him and you also have to submit, be devoted, do yourself to his authority. So if there are times you want to go to church and it says, hmm, yeah, the, the recording should be available. Yeah, yes, it, it should be. I hope so, but I've been having network issues, so I hope it should. I, I believe that the one on YouTube is recording. That's my only that's my only hope right now. But the, the other one is scattered, you know. So we must patiently for our husbands yeah and i think the last part i'm going to talk about is sex this is not one of my favorite topics i'm not going to lie to you <laughs> it's not i'm not i'm not sexina those who are sexina i don't know how they try it i don't know how they do it but this is not part of my thing but over the years the Lord has <laughs> the Lord has um, as my core is transforming, I'm just being truthful with you. As my core is transforming, I'm seeing that my my body is I'm yielding more. I'm beginning to understand like what's the importance of sex in marriage. So I'm that's old that my old self. Hmm? I can be beside this man and I'm just lost in the, in the spirit realm. Like I'm very spiritual. I'm just lost in that place. I'm just communing with the religious, with the father, with the son of the Holy Ghost. And the guy is wondering, ah, this man, it is all your package. You're just walking up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And in the early years of marriage, I used to just be like, my head is aching me. If you used to use that line, raise up your hand. My head is aching me. I'm just so tired. Like, please, please, please. I'm just so tired. I don't even know where we used to get that line from because, see, it's so amazing that I know I didn't. I married as a virgin, so I didn't have sex as a single person. But I know those of my friends who were very sexually active when they were single, they also experienced the same dissatisfaction and 
no appetite for sex in marriage. And I just realized that the body is just a bastard. You know how you are something that is not, you steal something. Is it not, is it not in Proverbs that a stolen whatever is sweet, but another thing, you know, whatever you steal is sweet. And I'm just like, why is it like that? I remember when I was single, I used to just be like, God, I just want to. I know, like, I used to say, God, I just want to marry so I can have sex. So I just used to, I didn't really used to think about sex anyway, but I just, I just know that, okay, at least I will now be liberty to do all those things without feeling guilty, without feeling bad. I'll, at least I can even think about it. When I now got married, I was just like, it was not there. And if the devil, this flesh, this flesh, mm, sister, stops in your head, you your head is not eating. And even if your head is eating, after doing it, it's therapeutic. You, your body will calm down. You will be fine. You will sleep soundly. All those people that understand what I'm saying, single sisters who are under the age of 20, just block your ears. Don't need to hear this. Those who are above 20, see the maturity is getting there small, so you can hear this one. After you finish doing this thing, your body, you will sleep up. You will actually even have a sound sleep. But I don't know why. I do not know why. Thank you for the scriptures that comfort. So I think she has posted, or oh, it's not scripture. But yeah, just yeah, it's a scripture, you know. So it is something we must we must pray ourselves into. And we must renew ourselves about it. And we must know why we are disinterested. So I found out over the years that the reason why I was open. I, I found out recently and I understood why over the years, the reason why I was disinterested over sex was because about sex was because unconsciously in my mind, I grew up believing that a man who provides who provides for me absolutely everything I want, he gives to me, deserves me. I'm just being honest. I don't know where I got it from. So if they are struggling with finance. And my major issue, and I was going to say, my major struggle, my major, our major challenge, and the challenge that we've had in season and out of season, my marriage has always been finances. And it's not as if we will not have money, but the kind of money I think we should have, we don't always have it. The kind of money I think we should have, the kind of pleasure, the kind of comfort I wanted, we didn't always have it. So at the back of my mind, I kind of like didn't respect my husband because he didn't have the results. I know he's a very wise person. I know he's very smart. But I just don't understand why he was not getting the kind of result I think she gets financially. My result was my I was result money was my own result. Like if you can show me how much you have in your accounts, you can imagine you know, a spiritual sister like me. I didn't I just used it recently when I was going through talks and I was God was just killing me and taking me to my past and showing me some things. And I just said seeing that I respect people who get results, who get results and their result is finances. So I probably would respect um, my friend's husband who keeps buying her a car every anniversary or who keeps taking her house for vacation. Oh no, she just unconsciously just tells, oh, my husband did this. I probably would have more respect for him than my husband. And I realized this. And I also realized that my former boss, if you knew my boss, Muhammad Bodden, he was just an embodiment of gracious person. Like he's just very gracious. So I actually realized that I respected him more, honored him more. We believed in his principles and the things he said more than that of my husband. 
and I'm just doing your name. So when I don't respect you or see you as that person, I would not yield myself to you. And I understood the reason why I actually didn't have sex as a single girl was because all the guys around I felt like ah, you two, you two electric phone. Are you kidding me? Can't do that kind of nonsense, like you know. So I, I just saw that that was it. I, I, I didn't have sex as a single person because oh, um, yeah, there was security parts there, but it was basically because I just felt like what you have to offer, guy. It's not like it was like you're just that kind of very rich guy, perhaps you know, you know, perhaps you know. And there was something I wanted to say. I just remember. So those one of those days when we're having serious financial issues, one of the seasons. My son was still like one or two years old then. I started feeling so pressured that I needed money for some things. And at that instant, I started feeling like, whoosh, I should have married my ex, my ex. Yeah, he had money. Like, why did I not marry him? And I'm and I'm just letting you know that those are one of the things I struggled with and um, could have broken my marriage if my partner was also caught in that trap both of us would have separated yeah and i never said it out to anybody i'm sure some of my friends are learning for the first time i was like no i should have married my ex my ex is um the son of one of those rich people in Bado. as like i should have married him like he has money you know i was thinking about some of my ticket admirers in law school there was one guy in law school that day. He would just be chasing me everywhere. He would even give me his ATM card to go and withdraw money. I'm like, how we just just be done with this guy? You know. And at that instance where I was thinking about this things, Judah decided reaching out to me. Oh Lord, devil is a master planner. From the blues, there was another guy that was my secret admirer there in school. He like. Not even my secret. You know, me, I was even a secret. I used to admire him. So we admired each other. <laughs> you know, they started reaching out to me from the blues. They just started sending me message. I I just got trapped in that in that thing. And I can remember a couple of times they sent me money and I didn't tell my husband. I didn't. I just I told him one of it you sent me, and he was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they sent me money and I was. And you know, oh gosh, yeah, I was just in that space. I was just in that space in that season. My friend was also in that season. In fact, her own case was very, very critical. That she and my husband had to live in different places, so she was living in my house. You know, where, where, where she, was, she was living in my house at that time. I was always living in another place because they were also in that season, you know. And um, I didn't tell her, but I was making side comments, I was murmuring. And I was mumming some things out. And she told me, well, you need to guard your heart. There's a way you are behaving that is not right. Whatever it is you're doing, stop it. Ah. I was like, what? I didn't tell her. I couldn't. She would not allow me. But. In fact, after a while, one of my, one, one, my, that my main ex, when I now moved to Bada, I was now, would I bring this scenario? When I now moved to Bada, when I started, you know, I had some legal, the lawyer too, and I had some legal stuff to do at my work there. And um, I just, you know, okay, I was like, you know, he's married, right? Yeah, I'm also married. Yeah, nothing right, nothing, you know, so it's just work. But it's now got to the point where we started having discussions and started telling me, why didn't you 
why why didn't you marry? We had a discussion like that. Why didn't you marry? Yeah, I love my wife, but she's not like you. I mean, I don't really talk, so I didn't see anything. But obviously, the fact that I was having a discussion with him means that means I was saying, hmm. But I remember what I kept thinking about was that Rumi, Rumi, hmm, adultery, adultery, Rumi. And you know, I was like, expose this adultery. When you get, not I didn't commit adultery, expose this thing before it blows up. When you get home, tell your husband. I was like, hey, I'm only telling. And there's something about my husband. He has always told me, whatever you do, whatever you do, if you like, go and impregnate, go and get pregnancy from outside. I will not leave. <laughs> and I'll just be like, what kind of fuck is that one? I'm not going to use Just like, whatever you do. It's always said it seems, whatever you do. You ask me, you have a sick child somewhere. I said, you don't have any sick child somewhere. It's just if you, even in marriage, whatever you do. Just not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not gonna leave you. We're gonna die here together. So I was just like, hey, should I tell him? Should I not tell him? And myself and this my we're just going up and down. We didn't do anything new. But you know when you're not sort of beginning to say, huh? Mm-hmm. My wife said, when I just got to my other side, I need help. He's like, the devil is gonna catch me. And he was like, he knew. Huh? God is a bad place, man. God is good. He said, I knew. I knew that there was something happening to you. I knew that you were not entirely straightforward with me, but I trusted the Holy Spirit in you to bring you out of it. Bam. Single ladies. Just, when you're just praying, just be using my husband to say, God, that's, his name is Oluwa Tony Love. I just be saying, God, that kind of man that he has, Better than him, his quality, his drive, his kind of brother, wherever he is, just bring it to me. He was like, I knew. He didn't check my phone, but he kicked it and he was just praying for me that this girl has a seat of God in her. Before she goes bongas, God will bring her back. And I needed to tell you this. So perhaps you are almost in the trap of X. It's not going to get anywhere, it will give birth to destruction. The ex will not even finally marry you because he's married. Mm-hmm. You are just going to destroy your marriage and you are going to be in condemnation all through your life. And you know, I just woke up one day and I was just like, What's this? And I just deleted his phone number. I'm sure he was expecting me. That's that night. I'm sure he was expecting me. And this is how many years now we've not talked. In fact, it was just um during this lockdown, it just came to my mind. I was just like, ah, I hope this guy is fine. You know, and I just went to send him a message. I hope you're fine. Hope you don't have COVID. Hope you're okay. And they were like, oh, he's fine. That was on Facebook. I don't even have his number yet. I used to have his phone number here. I, I asked the Holy Ghost to erase it and he has erased it. I can't remember it again. I, I promise you. I can't. I tried to even remember. I did not remember again. Like, I just needed to expose that thing to the light. And it was money. It was money. So I, the Holy Spirit told me to share this in the morning, in, you know, during the day. And that's why I had to share it. And it's for someone. This marriage is died. Whether it is conforming or not, we stayed. We are lying. We yield ourselves to God. Lastly, you are married to Jesus. You are married to Jesus. Your submission is to Jesus. Take your eyes off that man and focus on Jesus. I've said a bit of this earlier. Lastly, you are married to Jesus. 
your commitment is to Jesus. Your love is for Jesus. Your your service is for Jesus. Even with your children is unto Jesus. Your waiting process is, is with Jesus. Everything is Jesus. Let your gaze be Jesus. That's the only way. Seriously, that's the only way marriages work. That is the only way. You are the bride of Christ. Let no man born of a woman take you, distract you, and take your eyes off what you, who you're supposed to become. Our destination is Jesus. When Jesus comes back, he wants to come for a faithful, a pure bride. Don't allow this marriage with a man on earth. Don't let it stop you from being rapturable. Don't. A lot of women have died. A lot of women have had, they've been bitter, they've been, they've abhorred all sorts of things within them just because of a man. No. And that's why, you know, some people will, will say singles watch well, but you're already married to him. Whoever it is, if your father, your father-in-law is the devil and your husband is like, you know, just know that your gift is Jesus. See, Jesus is everything. And this is I'm going to stop. This is I'm going to stop. I just checked the time button and I'm like, it is midnight. I don't, I didn't even understand how it is 12 midnight. Seriously. I did not know. Yeah. Don't let this marriage stop you from becoming and reigning with Christ. We are married to Jesus. Your gaze is Jesus. Even as a single woman, your gaze is Jesus. When your gaze is Jesus, if all you're seeing is Jesus, other things around your life and your life will be aligned. See, marriage has disturbed. See, my other was saying to me that. So does it mean that a woman doesn't have purpose? In life, <laughs> I had that discussion with one of my sisters a while ago. You know, she said she was in this season of life and she was just talking about our purpose, our purpose, our purpose. And I was like, Lady girl, you got no purpose. Your purpose is that man, and your purpose is Jesus. So, as it's like your purpose is Jesus, right? You are following him as is following Christ. So, the question is, if my husband is not following Christ, what is now happening? I'll just keep my gaze on Jesus and I'll keep following him. And I know that as I'm like, I'll keep my gaze on Jesus and I'll still be following my husband. But as he's going, because I'm patiently praying for him, because my call is shifting, somehow our life, and we are one, our life will continue to follow Jesus. I don't I don't have to explain it. It's a matrix that you just must trust God for. So I was like, see, baby girl, I know you have visions, you had purpose, you had desires, you had passion before you got married. But now you got married and it looks like the old journey is different. You must stick to this man. You must stick to his decisions because it is part of the package. Submission. When I check submission, sub, yeah, sub, submission and subjection, it is accepting the authority of the man. So if my desire and my purpose that I thought I had before I got married was to go this way. And I got married and the man is saying, this is the way. I'm going to submit to his leading, trusting the one and my gaze is on. That in a way, one way or the other, as we are going this way, we end up here. And that is why it is so important to marry a man whose gaze is Christ. 
That is why it is so important to marry a man who gave his price. So, but for, for some reasons, if there are some technical errors that happened, and this man is saying no, because this my sister was actually going to, I was not wanted to make a decision. She was like, no, I can't make this decision. This is the decision I always wanted to make before you came into the picture. And I told you, you accepted my my dream. Now you're now saying this is where we're going. And they were like this. And I told her, I said, you have to leave this and focus on this. While you focus on this and you guys become one, you will end up being and you end up being it. And it was one of the things that God showed me. It was one of the things that I understood. Like, see, your 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 purpose is Christ encoded in your husband. You cannot have two visions. That would be division. So if he's saying this is the way, this is what we should do. Let's say, for instance, that you say, oh, we must locate to Canada, and you're like, no, 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 no. I'm not thinking we should locate to Canada. And he's saying, I am going. You have to start to pray that God. Okay, I do not think you should go. Touch his heart. And if how you're praying for his heart to be touched is still insisting, you're not going to say, be going on your own. God has not given me a release. No, that is you separating your family. You're going to subject yourself to that authority and trust God that the Jesus you are focused on, that somehow everything will work out together for your good. And it is just the truth. So we must know that our destination is Jesus. But because on this earth right now, we are submitted, we are subjected, we are submitted to a man, we have yielded our will to a man, we must trust that even if he's not born again, even if he's not a mature believer, as we are transforming, as we are patiently praying for him, he will, because we cannot have to, we cannot have two visions in the house. We cannot. There cannot be two masters in the house. There cannot be two heads in the house. A body cannot have two heads. That's a monster. A ship cannot have two pilots. As a jealous stand, we are actually being. And that's why it feels like women give more. That's why it feels like women always sacrifice more. But when you are sacrificing, don't just be saying, ah, I'm sacrificing my purpose and my vision. And you are bitter about it. No. You must pray to God. You must leave it at the feet of Jesus and say, God, I don't understand what is happening. I don't get it. But my destination is you. This ambition I have about my career is you. I know that you will lead me on this path. So I'm leaving everything. And that's that, that, that's the truth. There cannot be destination. Our destination is Jesus. Our destination is Jesus. Our destination is Jesus. Our destination is Jesus. But yet we are subjected to the authority of the man that we are under. So we must prayerfully be submissive to him. See, God sees our hearts. Almost every resentment and disrespect and dishonor that I had for my husband, I did not say it out most of the time. The deep one, it was in my heart. And God saw it. And God needed to give it. Because at the point where I exposed those things to God, we started like there's this synergy. I can remember there was a word of knowledge that I got two, 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 two people I respect, and they were saying God is calling you and your husband to intimacy. And they were like, intimacy is not even about sex. Maybe that's part of it. But intimacy, I was trying to pray about it, and we realized that God wanted us to get to a place where there was oneness. So our desires had to be one. I cannot be 
I cannot be desiring something and my husband is desiring another thing. We need to get a place of oneness. We needed to, need to get it. But yesterday, somebody, somebody gave us a word of knowledge yesterday and said, there has to be sir, Whatever your wife is doing, you must support her. And you stigma. Whatever your husband is doing, you must like, I must know that we are one. Intimacy. Intimacy. There cannot be division. I cannot be resentful. I cannot be insisting on my way. No. I can't. See, a replica of your relationship with your husband is also a, it just shows what the kind of relationship you have with Jesus. Truth. I cannot say I love Jesus so much. I honor Jesus so much. Like my relationship with Jesus is so beautiful. But yet, my relationship with the man I'm married to, he can't testify that I'm disrespectful. I don't. I despise him. I do not honor him. It is a lie. My relationship with Jesus is just religion. It is not yet. It has not reached that core. When when I'm truly in love with Jesus, that love will be shed abroad in my heart. And it will be, be translated to compassion. It will be translated to a deep love for my husband. And I will do the things I need to do. I will be submissive to him. And when God showed me this, you cannot honor your pastor more than your husband. You cannot honor your pastor more than your husband. You cannot honor your your boss more than your husband. You cannot honor your parents more than your husband. You cannot do that. Ah, for the speakers, my name is something. I'm sorry, let me just share. One of the things that I believe that kept our marriage was that we did not carry everything to our parents. And I really need to mention this. Parents are very lovely. There is no parent that intends that. that there is no parent that um, wants to destroy the marriage of their children. But I've seen in this our age and time that a lot of us, a lot of people who are separated, or a lot of people who are having issues in their marriage was because they involved their parents at a season of life where they were supposed to just undo themselves. They involved their parents at a season they were supposed to undo themselves. There were times in my marriage that if I had opened, see, there was a time in my marriage that when at the early stage, when I just had my son and things were, my dad used to come to Abuja when I was in Abuja and he was living abroad. He would come to Abuja for conferences. And I didn't bring him to my house home because I knew my dad and I knew the house I was living. And I knew that if he came to my house, he was going to make conclusions about my husband and about our condition. And it might lead to some decisions like, oh, let us help you guys to elevate you out of this space. And I knew that that help would transfer to something else that I didn't need. And my husband might probably not, like it just, it was not just the will of God. I just knew that that was not it. So he would come, he would spend a week, he would stay, you know, he would like lodge in a hotel. But you know, the normal thing is to say, oh, daddy, okay, let me take you home, let me do this. He, he actually even told my mom, that why is it that all the time I've been to this Nigeria, the daughter has never taken me to her house before. Why? And she asked him, because he didn't ask me. And I was like, nothing now. I didn't tell them. I, I never really told them the true state of things financially because I knew my parents. I knew how they would take things. They would not, they, they, it would just be out of compassion, out of love for their daughter, and they would start to intrude. They would start to say, they would start to make them to, to, to help out in a way that would eventually, the things I'm learning today, the things I know today, I probably wouldn't have learned them. And the same way, 
let us be discreet. There are things you there are things you can share with your power circle, with your tribe, with your community that you cannot share with your mom. Because once you tell her, she's like, ah, you cannot suffer the way I suffered. Bam, carry your bag. You just be coming on board. You come in. You come in. You come in. When you come in, you now have meeting with his parents. I will not have to. Mm, mm, mm. So I know so many people that their parents, their moms, followed them to their home, carried their bags, and said, mm, mm, I suffered in my life. My daughter will not also suffer. I'm beginning to see that these patterns in my life. No, we can't do that. So the Holy Spirit give us wisdom to know at what point to involve our parents and when not to involve them. Because the love they have for us, the compassion and the, the affection they have for us can make them to interrupt the process that God wants us to go through. Do you see? God just said that. He told me to share this and I just remember. So if your parents are already complicatedly involved in your marriage, you have to ask for grace to detach them you know, to bring them out because there is a process, there is a journey that God wants you to go through and you would not need your interference. The interference would, it would be to canalist. It would destroy what God is building. And if the season of the life you are in right now is that you are staying with your in-laws or you that are staying with your parents, you have to trust God that God will push you guys quickly out of this season because it is not a good place to be. It is not part of the will of God. The Bible says that the man would take his wife and he would leave his father's house and he would cleave to her. It is not part of the will of God for you to be living with your parents or to be living with parents. No, there's so many things that will interrupt it. I've been there before, so I'm not even going to be telling you. If I had a scene in my life where I stayed in my room, and when when we were there, my my mother wasn't even there most of the time, and it was not even that maybe I was having issues with my mother in law part. But things happened in my life in that season that when it happened, I knew the clear word I got was that you are you are the wrong place. You are the wrong place. You're not supposed to be there. There's no covering for you. This is not where you're supposed to be. And do you know what happened? At that instant, when I knew I was supposed to be that, I didn't have the resources or anywhere to go. My tribe, my community, without my knowledge, contributed money, gave it to me and said, we have to get out of that place. Because we knew, we knew by discernment that this thing that you're experiencing, you're not supposed to be there. And I asked and I left. So I know what I am saying. At that time, I stayed with my parents too. When I had my son, I was still with my parents. And it was not, I was away from my, from my husband. I was still with my parents. And I was just like, no, 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 no. So we, as in the bonding was not there. Our first child, it was the way, me, I was the way. I was, no, 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 it wasn't there. So it is not, it can happen for a while. I'm not saying you cannot receive that intermediary solution, help one, say, oh, let us just stay with daddy and mommy for it. must have a beginning, it must have an end. You must have the exit plan. You must know that, okay, this is just like a palliative measure, but it cannot be a no. It is wrong. It will obstruct your process because you would have third party, fourth party, fifth party who will keep putting their mouth into your marriage. And it will be just be difficult for you to just make decisions. Like you will just not be able to build your own. So everyone of us in family homes and um, um, siblings that you have to prayerfully 
agree with your husband. Whether he's agreeing or not, you must pray that God will get you guys out of that process. See, once you get out of that process, the next day, the next week, you will see how things will align. After I got out of that, my own space at that time, as I moved back to my own apartment, the next few weeks, I got a job. Like, things just changed. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. So it is. So when Bible says, leave your father's house, he knew what he was saying. That, that's just the way it is. Yeah. So let's begin to pray. Let's begin to pray. Yeah, before we start, I want you guys to give me feedback. Watch your head. What stood out for you? What's, you know, you might not want to share everything, but, you know, I could just, let me just know that. Encouragement, yeah. Sometimes we also need encouragement. It's just encouragement. Yeah, we. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Thank you, Sister Comfort. Thank you for helping me with punchlines and all. Uh-uh. There is no feedback. Amen. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Sister Juliet. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Feedback, please. I was thinking that it should be flowing, flowing, flowing. We are typing. Oh, sorry. I just assumed that, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Thank you, Sister Nancy. I'm also so blessed, and I'm glad that God is, God said I should do this. I've never done this before. I've never really talked about my journey like this before, so I'm glad that I had opportunity to do this. Yeah, your daughter is full. Share it, though. Share the demo with us. Amen. Amen. God is in my home. Thank you, Sister Nancy. Thank you so much. Yeah, everything on submission. I was just trying to read. To read. On submission. On somewhere else. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Talk away your chat, please. I'm seeing it on my phone here, but I'm not seeing it on the system. Let me check. Hallelujah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm seeing it. Mm, mm, yeah, submission. Mm. Hallelujah. So let's pray. Let's pray. The things that we know that the word that God has given us tonight, I want us to, I want us to declare them. I want us to declare them. I want us to joyfully declare them. You know, marriage is a joyful place. Marriage is a joyful place. And every day we must lay hold on that joy. And I know what I'm saying. Joy doesn't come. Joy must not come when when alarm, alarm happens in the accounts. It's not just alarm to alarm. Joy is a state of being in God's presence, being in God's presence, enjoying God. Like you're full of his strength, you're full of his promises, you're trusting him. Like my, my sister Omar was, she's always telling me that you must be joyful. Like he's, and I think I really need to do this. There are people that have been on my journey. Let me just mention the number of them. I really wanted to share the screen. Oh gosh, where is this thing? Let me try and share some screen with us. You know, why just we have to be joyful. We have to be joyful. I want us to begin to pray. As I'm sharing the screen, I want you, I hope it will stay long. Let's just begin 
to declare that I have joy in my home. I have joy in my heart in the name of Jesus. I am joyful. I am joyful in the name of Jesus. I am full of joy. I am full of joy. I am full of joy in the name of Jesus. That's my sister. That's my friend. Omoana Oldman. I don't know if you can see it. I'm going to try and cheer for you to live. Rebo Shakaya, I just wanted to just pray for joy. Joy, joy like the river. You know, joy gives strength. So on this journey, we have to be joyful. We really, really, really must be joyful. We must be joyful. I don't know if you guys can see my screen because I can't see from a other phone. Can you see the screen? Can you see the pictures? Joy like a river in the name of Jesus. I have joy. I have joy. I have joy in me. I have joy in me. This, oh, you can't see the screen. Mm, it's not loading. Okay, it's not loading. Let me just stop. It's not here. Yeah. I guess that much. It's not loading. I want to just share a couple of my my friends and my, my sisters. It's not, it's not loading here. Yeah. You know, even my other media thing to check the internet, but I'll try again. Now let us begin to pray for joy. Joy. Let's begin to declare joy. I want us to begin to declare joy over our lives. Over our lives. We need to declare joy. Joy in every place, every place that has been hard, every place that has been a body, every place that has been sadness. I want us to declare joy. Even though you can't feel it, I want you to declare joy. Declare joy in the name of Jesus. I receive joy, joy like a river, joy like a river. Yeah, I think it's showing now, right? Because I can see it on my other device. Is it showing now? Is it showing? Okay. Thank you. So this is my this is my friend. This is um, Pastor Pistis. So Pistis, she's my childhood friend. You know, so that's the one she's the one that leads the book I was talking about. And this is my friend Omo and her husband. This was my 30th birthday. You know, I was just I was just having fun. <laughs> yeah, this was when we had my daughter, the main ceremony. Yeah. So we are still praying, you know. We are spiritual beings. So we are praying. We are looking at the picture of So this is my chief bridesmaid, my bestie. Her name is Ibuko. She's the one that designed the flyer. So in case you have Event and you want to, you want to design tires, you want to print and all those things. She does it. Let me market her. Yeah, this is when Dave was born. That's my son when he was born. Yeah, so this is when before we had before we had everything, we're still very single. Yeah. So that wedding, you know. Hallelujah. I'm joyful in the name of Jesus. I'm full of joy. Oh yeah, we're not even close to having. <laughs> I think I was still in school, yeah, or I was about to go to law school. We just, oh, I was in law school, yeah, I was in law school, yeah. I just saw that joy in law school. Joy like a river, yeah, and this is our court wedding, this is our court wedding, and as my blessed dad wearing the suit, he's now with the Lord, I was just about to cry, but now I'm not going to cry. That's my dad, my mom is the one beside my husband, and those are my parents in love, yeah. That my husband looks like his dad. Yeah, Rebo Shakaraboha. Yeah, this one of our things was Avina's first Christmas. Joy like a river. Rebo Shakara, this is our first birthday. Rebo Shakara, my husband. I was just telling him to feel the using glasses. He used to use glasses before. I was just telling him that when he was using glasses, it was really fine. Like, oh, how's it going? What do you think? 
Oh boy, your hands. <laughs> I, I remember this. This was in Ibadan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was when we just had a dinner. Yeah, I just see my chips. We just had a dinner. Yeah. We just had a dinner here. Hmm. See how you clapped it. Sorry, you say I'm distracting the prayer. Just be praying. Your spirit being, just be praying the prayer and be looking at the picture. And you know, spirit beings, your spirit is praying, ma. <laughs> this was my brother in love wedding and his wedding anniversary is tomorrow. So I think, yeah, his wedding anniversary is tomorrow. So this was like our wedding anniversary. Yeah, the day after our, our sixth wedding anniversary. I think his wedding anniversary is, yeah, I don't know. I hope you are praying, Sister Faith. And that's why I left you to just pray. This is our wedding ring. Yeah, so this was this is a picture that I went trendy today. <laughs> this was actually like two years ago. It was my birthday two years ago. Yeah. Oh, this was a long time ago. Was there Dave yet? Yeah, I think there was Dave yet. I can't remember where it was. I can't remember if there was Dave yet. No, there was no day here. <laughs> oh, this was the hmm, this was the end of this was sent forth in school. Jesus. <laughs> this was sent forth. Our final year sent forth in school. Yeah. Oh, this is the main ceremony. Oh yeah, this is my former church vows. I think our vows the fourth vows together. Yeah, I can't remember the occasion. Ah, this was me and I I think I didn't really change much, but this is me. Rebushi Kiki, Rebusha, Kayara, Rebusha, Kayara, Rebusha, Kayara, Rebusha. Yeah, this passed to believe. This was um, my founder of my fellowship in school, Aphelios Makili, and he was also the one that um, joined us at our wedding. Kibrakos, yeah, so this, this is everyone. That's passed to believe. That's for Sashola deciding. I don't know. And this was Shola's wife. That's why you need it. Rebusha Kaba Rabusha Kikara Rabusha. Oh, we are done. Sorry. Hope you enjoyed the view. <laughs> I needed to do that first. Yes, I'm done. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I don't know if you have questions. If you have questions, I I, I really feel that the Holy Spirit would just your question, just take it before God. As you finish, just take it before God. And if you really need to talk to me, please send me a message. Let me type my phone number. If you really need to talk to someone, send me a message. I would respond. Mm, I just saw it. A question now. Okay, I thought I saw a question. Yeah, so that's my number. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just let's just thank God. Let's end this and just thank God. Let's thank God for what He has done. Let's thank God for His goodness and everything. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I expect testimonies. We're expecting testimonies. We're expecting testimonies. We're expecting testimonies. Even even situations that we've given up on, the Lord God is fixing them. Yeah, the Lord is fixing situations that we've given up on because there are some situations that we don't even pray about. The Lord God is going to help. There are some of those situations that have become like part of us. We are used to it. The Lord God is going in there and saying, No, you are not going to be used to this. I'm going to 
fix this for you in the name of Jesus. So situation that has been so prolonged, health-wise, finances, bad behavior, you know, from our husbands, our in-laws, all those things. God is fixing everything for us in the name of Jesus. God is going this 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 grace, the grace that was upon me that God increased and multiplied over the years as I walked with him, as I grew. That grace is upon us tonight in the name of Jesus. You know, that grace is upon us tonight in the name of Jesus. And we are coming out. We're coming out strong in the name of Jesus. The things that we want to change in our husbands, we're no longer selfish about them. We're no longer impatient about them. Our desire is for our husbands to become like Christ. Our, that is our desire. Our desire is for our husbands to become like Christ. Not that, not that we want our husbands to be the kind of husband we want or the kind of husband that the society wants or the kind of husband that culture wants. No, the kind of husband that we want is the kind of husband that is like Christ, who is chasing after Christ, who, whose desire is to become like Christ. So whatever Christ wants is what we want. Whatever Christ wants is what we want. So in my husband, if God is saying my husband is going to take a process of this this number of months for him to become like me, I am okay. I'm not going to waste him. I'm not going to nag. I'm not going to push him to become no, but he will become like Christ. We receive the grace tonight to begin to pray more for our husbands, to intercede more for them, to wait on God for them, but to see that they become like Christ, not to be like someone else. In the name of Jesus, oh God, we just commit our lives to you. We commit our lives to our single sisters. We pray for them that they would not miss. They can't even miss. They have a covenant of life with them. In the name of Jesus, they have a covenant of life with them. In the name of Jesus, they are Transforming, they are growing, they are becoming like you in the name of Jesus. God, we give you peace, we magnify you. We thank you for this because only you could have done this. And thank you because everyone who is going through a tough time and it looks as if they could never reach the 10 years mark. This meeting has impacted grace and, and, and strength and ability into their marriage in the name of Jesus. They will go on the wings of the Spirit, they will be carried on the wings of the Spirit. They will not just reach 10 years with benchmark. But they will exceed it as, as Jesus carries in the name of Jesus. And for everyone who has separated and you're hearing this and you desire to be restored back to your husband, the Lord God will give you the fortitude, He will give you the strength to stay in the place of prayer, to stay in the place of consecration, to stay in the place of intercession, to wait, to patiently wait for things to turn around for your good in the name of Jesus. And I speak to every strange woman in your marriage, every strange person born out of a woman in your marriage that is tormenting you, whoever that person is, who is tormenting you, who is distracting you, who is oppressing you, who the scourge of the tongue, who is confessing bad and negative things concerning you. I speak to that strange woman. She is consumed by fire right now in the name of Jesus. She is consumed by fire right now in the name of Jesus. We stop her hand. We blind her eyes. We distract her in the name of Jesus. May she have, may she be, may she be assigned and may she be assigned a work to do that will distract her from our story, from our life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. God, every generational crisis that keeps repeating as a pattern and as a pattern and it's happened in our grandfather, grandfather, every pattern, every generational pattern, 
we draw the bloodline today in the name of Jesus. And we say we are a new breed that of what God is doing. So the things our parents suffered that once we replicate itself in us, it will not stand. The blood of Jesus, we draw the bloodline and we say from us to our children, a new journey is starting. A new story is being told. In the name of Jesus, every family where the, the husband would have to live at a particular year, you know, after a couple of years in marriage, or they will die. Every every story or, or, or poverty story, whatever story that has been happening in our generation, whether that of our husband or our own family, we pray today that the bloodline is drawn. The bloodline is drawn. The bloodline is drawn. In the name of Jesus, nothing evil will come to us and we will not cross into evil. In the name of Jesus, God, we give you all the praise and we stand in God with those who are waiting for the fruit of the womb. And God, you will perfect your work in them. You will prepare them for this assignment because a destiny is about to be gathered into that family. You will prepare them. You will refine them. You will consecrate them. You will wash them for this work and at the right time at the perfect time at the fullness of time you will assign to them that destiny and they would not misuse it they will not misuse the child they will leave that child to you they will leave those children to you their womb receives life right now in the name of jesus their womb their spiritual womb their physical womb receive receive life right now in the name of jesus we pray also for men who are stopped they don't know their purpose. They don't know their destiny. They are just struggling. They are just roaming about in the dark. We pray for them that light shines into their hearts in the name of Jesus. We pray that indeed Christ will be their head. In the name of Jesus. We pray they experience life. They experience Jesus in this season. In the name of Jesus. They are broken. They are broken in the name of Jesus. They become broken vessels. They become wounded vessels. Light shines into every dark area of their lives and they begin to repent. They begin to turn back to God. Every one of them, their heart is so hard, so hardened. The word of God is like hammer. They begin to break it down into pieces in the name of Jesus and they receive their purpose. They receive purpose. They receive direction. They will no longer wander around. They will no longer wander around in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we declare and pray for your daughters that they are infused with might in their spirit. Man, they are indeed having it. They will wait on you in much prayers, in fastings, in consecrations. They will yield to you. They will pray more than they are complaining. They will not even complain. The word of God will always be in the mouth of your daughters in the name of Jesus. They will always keep their gaze on you, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we give you all the people. We magnify your holy because your good and your mercies endure forever. There is no one like you, like you. None like you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I pray that this was on YouTube so that we can have the replay. And if it was not on YouTube, you're going to have it trapped in your spirit. Your spirit man would have it trapped. And when you need it, it will come to life. You know, it's, it's, it's the counsel of God. When you need it, it will come to life. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sister Comfort, for assisting me. 
you know um, thank you for all everyone who came out thank you thank you so much and i know that our lives will indeed reflect christ in jesus name have a great night boy thank you sister diola thank you mercy thank you everyone have a great night yes. thank you so much god bless you bye